This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on Fubar Radio. And today is the worst that it's ever been, <laughs> or the closest it's ever been to not not making. No, actually, no, I didn't one. make it once. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that was entirely my fault, I imagine. Uh, but here, moments to spare, getting it in the bloody back of the neck. <laughs> Is it back of the neck? Net. Yeah, that's. I've I've got it in the back of the net. Got home. I was in trouble. Got it in the back of the net. <laughs> <laughs> Got it in the, yeah, I think people do say in the neck, though, don't they? Oh, that. God, uh, Bobby, Bobby Robson. I got, it, got, it, got into the <laughs> locker room and there was Bobby Robson, and uh, got it in the back of the net. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, he said I played very poorly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anything about football. No. And I no. think that's one of my special powers. Yeah, Bobby Robson's a good reference. If I you, think, like, uh, <laughs> I, like I, I, I think. When I think of football, there's only like about four people I know who play. Like in my head, like I, I think the name Matt Letizia is a, a current reference. I don't know who that is. There you go. Is he one of the uh, fellas out of Friends? <laughs> he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking hell! Fucking hell! Oh. Nick and Nat's fan club <laughs> on right. Fubar Radio. Let's, must must try harder. I think there was like uh, there was like <laughs> yeah, listen to five cars, five star fan club. Yeah. <laughs> Currently, a five star show. Five star show. Five stars already. Um, so fucking everything hell. else is for free. Um, so my name is Nick Helm. Uh, this is Nathan. Nathaniel Metcalf, and you're listening to Nick and Nathaniel Metcalf. Fan, fan Club. Um, uh, first rule of Fan Club: Tell your friends about Fan Club. Some of you have been doing it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, Maybe all of you. We're not sure how many people listen. Maybe some of you have it. been telling your friends. Some of you have not been telling your friends. And then there's a large proportion of you that have no friends. So, you know, we're glad to be that friend <laughs> for two hours a week. Uh, it's great. It's great to have you on board. Keep sending in your suggestions and fan art. Uh, and by keep, I mean, hasn't been any for a while. <laughs> um, and um, yes. You've got a hat on, Nick, and a jumper. I'm very hot in it. Oh, it's fucking boiling. Um, <laughs> it is, uh, right, okay, I've taken my hat off. I know I can hear better. There you go. There you go. And uh, so, uh, Natalie, we're going to get to reviews in a little bit. Can you put them in some sort of order that makes sense on the screen? Because there's the first page footer and stuff like that that you've uh, put on my screen here. And I don't, I don't know what a footer is, but it's basically broken up. No, don't have a conversation. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, so um, it was your birthday on it's Monday. My birthday. I'm 40 years old. 40 years young. 40 years young. Do you feel that life has life really begin, begun? It's begun now. This is That's it. it. This is I it. I feel like... No more dress rehearsals. No, this is it. That's, um, it's really been kicking off in the last couple of days. What's happened? I um, watched that Gaslight film you got me. That was good. Oh, did you? You yeah. watched it? Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched oh, it. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Really like it. Yeah, it's good, right? Really good. It's modern. What didn't you find? <laughs> yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was interesting. Like, it felt like even then... Hitchcockian films were like a genre. I mean, it's like, oh, it just feels like a proper... Yeah. And it's very sort of stylish in that way. I think the Fubar studio sounds like it's fallen what, apart. What the fuck was I that? know what's happened. The door, the door handle's handle. fallen off on the other side. I mean, we are doing a show, right? I'm sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, but we are recording. This isn't a <laughs> rehearsal. We're three minutes in. And it's... Uh, what's Matthew's this? Matthew's gone all red. 
Different, different first page. I mean, what are the options? I mean, come on, I can't be doing this while we're doing this. I'll do it, I'll do it. Um, so, um, uh, so right, okay. So, uh, so the gaslight is the 1940. 40. There's another version which I haven't 1943, seen. 1943, is it? Something 43 or 44. Uh, starring Ingrid Bergman, but the original 1941. I went to see it a few months ago, and I was really excited about it. And then I came in, and I was raving at Nathaniel about it. And so I've got him and I bought my copy for his birthday. Uh, you're welcome. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. um uh, yeah, right, okay, so I just saw all of the stuff that they did. They did a thing that was really Scorsese esque about with the newspaper headline, and it zoomed into this newspaper headline. Yes, you see a newspaper and then it zooms into the headline, and yes. you're just like, oh, that's really sort of that's a really modern technique that's in this film that was made in 1940. Yeah, and then there's the bit with the tree at the beginning where it. Uh, uh, crossfades from a tree being planted to a tree that's now been yeah. there for about 30 years <clears throat> to show passage of time and even films today would normally have like a little subtitle saying uh, 30 years later or 20 years later it, it all felt yeah it all felt slightly non-traditional and even the things like the detective in it he's like a sort of retired detective who just can't quite put the case together yeah yeah and it's quite nice sort of thing where it's just like it's just someone who comes across this thing by accident and then and ultimately of, is just like something doesn't, make, but, sense yeah, this doesn't him, make sense and he's just sort of, sort of in his spare time starts piecing it together yeah. but the main bad guy's performance is incredible I yes think. yeah um, but see, it's really it's like a proper arch melodrama and it's, it's really well played in that way because it's like it feels like a real directed film for the actors because it's almost like it's like it's almost like he's gonna go turn it up turn it up so every performance is really like on edge, every, everything feels heightened yeah, and like. But, but uh, it's a really, de- it's, I, and I hate using this word to describe anything other than food. But it's a really delicious performance because he's sort of like clearly reveling in it. Mm. But it's not like which can happen uh, with actors of that era. It's not like so big. It's not too big for the cinema, and it's not like a, a stage performance. But it's just this really incredible. Like yeah. he's just reveling in this performance, and I just think it's. And it, am I right in thinking that the 1940 Gaslight is the one where you're always aware? Yeah, I was, I was just about to say that. That's one of the nice things about, it, and that sort of makes the performance better. Where you're kind of you've got you're seeing behind the curtain of what's really happening. Because the remake, because the one thing I thought when I left was, I think the only way you could maybe. Uh, improve on this or do like a twist as if the fact that he was gaslighting her was a, a mystery a mystery yes and then they do that in the remake and it doesn't work as well okay and um i i, I, oh. I had exactly the same thought though it felt like oh it's sort of weird that you just know that you that's... know because that, that seems like that, that's the reveal but mm. um and 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 what's really nice is there is a version of it out there uh, that's still sort of like you know from the time um where they did try that and obviously, and, and I, but I think that the remake is really baggy. There's like so much that's um, extra in there. So there's like a huge subplot um, where she's a. It's not a huge subplot, but it's just extra character stuff for Ingrid Bergman. They've gone. We've got Ingrid Bergman. We might as well, you know, make the most out of her. But what I really like about <clears throat> what I really like about the original, the 1940 version, is that there's like there's no. Uh, it just feels really sort of like um, slick. Yeah, and it's sort of like you whiz, you whiz through it, and it's just, it's, I, oh, I just think he's the most evil, one of the most <laughs> evil characters that's in any, and he doesn't go, although he does murder someone at the beginning, 
but he doesn't go around merging like loads of people he no. just literally is just fucking with someone's mind for like an entire film and yeah it's just yeah all of all of the performances what I really also really like about it is that as innovative as loads of and the some of the camera setups are incredible. Like yeah, the yeah that's camera, what I thought. They've built this set of um, I can't remember what square it is in London. Oh, oh. Uh, Pimlico Square. Pimlico Square, and they've built this set of Pimlico Square, and then the camera just sort of like floats through it for yeah. the shots. Um, <clears throat> and what's really fun about that is that it's clearly a set because whenever they're walking on the street, you can hear their feet hitting, sort of like. Okay. Um, uh, wooden boards, you know, they've made, the, they've built the set out of, um, out of kind of plywood, and so you've got all of the. So they haven't been able to, because it's such an old film. The sound is all kind of like on location and on site, so they haven't gone back and sort of like muffled out the foot footsteps or anything. So, um, and there's if you shoot the, if you when they shoot the house from uh, the left looking right. You can see all the other houses in the square, but when they shoot it from the le- uh, from the right, looking left, there's clearly like a drawing of some trees behind them. And okay. it's just, like, and I love all of that, where you can see kind of like the way it's sort of pieced together. together. But you can literally hear them kind of like walking on this yeah. hollow floor, and when they come up and down the steps of the building, and you just think that's it's a set. But I think there's craftsmanship to that. I've been watching sort of things recently that that from that kind of era and and um and right up to the 70s where it just feels like the way you kind of construct any kind of sort of i guess piece of drama or something is that it's like you make every scene its own little play and everything so you have like a scene where the point of this scene is for this to happen and within that you can have all other different things happening but it's just uh how every scene's kind of important and has to be in that place. But within that, you can have all other... You can add things to it. You've got you can kind of make it richer. structure yeah. to every scene. You know, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's a purpose to everything. Um, and even within scenes, like, it's just Yeah, that's that, what I mean. That, that's, what, that's what I mean. So, so you've got, you've got a, uh, a, a screenplay with a story and a plot and scenes, and then within the scene, you know, what's the purpose of this scene? Why is this scene in the film? And they set something up. Something's discussed, and by the end of it... As you know, um, I just I think that that's that's really. If you take a scene out, then there's something missing. Yeah. Whereas you could take loads out of the remake, and it'd yeah. just be like oh, it felt long. And there's lots about like modern films that feel very baggy, in in that kind of things what are just that? there. Didn't we see something that was? Oh right, yeah. Oh right. <laughs> but there was things like when you talk about films like suicide squad where the scenes in it that don't really make any sense because they're obviously based on an earlier draft of something that never really well they've gone like this we like this scene you've got to keep this scene but we've cut out all the other scenes that make this scene have any relevance or context yeah. and so it's just like well what you should do is either forge ahead and make the rubbish film that you were making or you should reshoot it yeah but don't do like something in between where yeah. you're going to do I don't know. In the era of DVDs, when it was a thing to go, oh, I've got all the deleted scenes, and you watch them and go, oh, yeah, absolutely understand why they got cut out. Like, it's nice, or it might be funny or whatever, mm. but like, there's never, it's always a good reason to make something shorter. <laughs> it's always just like, yeah, just like it's, it's fun when you watch it, but there's no real need for it to have been in it. Yeah. You didn't miss it. Doesn't feel like you're missing anything. And I was yeah. watching. Um, Pennies from Heaven as well. The uh, original Dennis, Bob Hoskins, yeah, Bob Hoskins Dennis, Dennis Potter. Just opening my Caribbean crush. 
Sí. <laughs> How is it this way? Woo! Grapefruit, mango, and juicy pineapple. Is that Lee Varrett's Caribbean crush? Yes. <laughs> Get him on. So, um... <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, is he coming on? Would I genuinely like him on? This is a fucking ridiculous <laughs> question to ask me while I'm on air. Would I genuinely like Levi Roots on? For a start, it sounds like uh, you don't have any faith or trust in me. And secondly, I drink his product every week. It's the absolutely juiciest pineapple I've ever drank. I'd love to ask him where he gets that juicy pineapple. Don't talk over me. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, come but on. That, I was going to say, that is... It's sort of TV, and I think that sort of 70s TV Penny's comes from, from theatre rather than film. So did Dennis I mean? Potter, right? I don't know much about Dennis Potter, but he wrote TV plays, right? Mm -hmm. So he wrote Singing Detective, Penny's from Heaven, Cold Lazarus was his last thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I think I watched Cold Lazarus. Uh, lipstick on my collar. Lipstick on my collar. I think Scene Detective. Uh, um, it was Albert Finney, was it? Uh, no, it was Michael Gambon. Oh fuck! Right, and he had all that makeup. Cold on, Lazarus is Albert Finney. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, uh, I'm not really. I'm not, I don't really know much about Dennis Potter's. Um, plays but I thought uh, as a magician he worked great <laughs> um, of course that was uh, Harry Potter <laughs> fuck me um, so <laughs> uh, Coriolanus that's the sort of stuff that he'll shout out uh, um, <laughs> he's a funny fella, isn't he? Daniel Radcliffe. He no. seems very nice. He seems like a very nice. But he still looks like he's got this thing where he's like, uh, he's always really enthusiastic, isn't he? On yeah. things. And he's, but, but, but he's that kind of way, it's quite sweet. And you go, oh, I bet he's really lovely. But it's. I, I think Daniel Radcliffe is really lovely. I cannot shake out uh, the, the press conferences they did on about the third Harry Potter film when he's just like, yeah, I'm listening to the jam at the moment. <laughs> And he's like this <laughs> petulant child that's just found his dad's punk oh, But he's probably, how old would he be then, 14 or something? <laughs> yeah. It was just like, uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. He's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to set the world on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. the next year he was back to being like, oh, yeah, it's really just great to be part of a franchise. Just going through puberty. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's probably like, oh, yeah, it, it. it must have been so difficult for him. Mm. Um, so... Um, yeah, come on. So tell me about um, Pennies from Heaven. Pennies from Heaven. Because, because like, as I think we mentioned it the other week, wasn't it that uh, Steve Martin did a remake in the oh, early yes, 80s yeah, yeah. with I've not uh, seen Bernadette that. Peters? Um, but I was just saying it's that not available. That. It's not available. You can only get it on Spanish DVD. I know. I was looking. I was looking it up uh, this week because I was. I was a bit like, I'd like to see that. But um, it's got that thing again. It's sort of I think the way British TV comes from theatre and American TV comes from film. And you can kind of tell when you're watching it that you just have these long scenes where that has like a plot-driven thing, but it also has within it, it sort of adds other things. It sort of brings in all this kind of... Um, and every character in it is got is three-dimensional. And people who are brought in at the start that seem very kind of two-dimensional are sort of given all this kind of uh, pathos and things. And it's just like, it's just one of those things you think, this is why it's it's something that people talk about as... Being one of like the best TV shows ever because 
it's so rich there's so much going on does it have that 1970s sort of grainy bbc feel to it it's it's actively trying not to so it's that it's, it's all made on the same sort of camera it's all made on like video but it's all sort of lit in a way where there's a there's a uh, they're trying to make it look like old film so they're, they're, they're kind of they're deliberately trying to make it look both like occasionally like stage musicals when they break into song and occasionally sort of like 30s and 40s movies and things right so there's an attempt to try and do it so actually most of it looks like it's been shot on film but it hasn't been i think bits of it were um but there's also uh the thing they didn't want to do is make it look like every scene was filmed in a different way and mismatched so they've tried to why would it look like that because i think a lot of that bbc stuff does because it's all overlit so you have all those bbc things are all like it's all like flat light right so you're like yeah your uh your sort of ceilings your studios like they film dramas in the same places they do like game shows and right like uh sitcoms and things so when they're doing dramas they they, they're all in these same studios in the bbc building so in here they're trying to do it they're trying to match it all up so they're trying to make the video sort of degraded and look grainy like it has a sort of filmy quality to it yeah and they're also essentially trying to do you know an mgm musical in like a bbc studio Yes, right. So they've got so the style of it's trying to be all these different things, but it's like it really kind of pulls it off. I think it's um, seeing detective is much more modern filmed. It's much more like a, I think it's probably just shot on film and then broadcast on telly. What do you think? I think so. It looks different and it's got a bigger sort of scope and it looks like but it was doesn't look like, like ten years in, later. Right? Yeah, so eighty six. I think I was going to say eighty six. I think it is. I'm not 100%, but yeah. Yes, 86, I'm right. But I think that, I mean, Signal Detective appears like it's been filmed in a real hospital and things. It doesn't feel so setty in the way that, because um, that has an artificial, has a real life hospital setting but and by, also has the artificial. But by 1986, of, they weren't BBC making casualty. Yeah. They would have had access to sets, right? Probably not the casualty sets. Oh, no, I don't mean like, I think like, in if anything, they're better when they're filmed on, on, on location somewhere on or location. whatever. But, they, but BBC would have had access to stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this has got... I mean, Benny's from that stuff filmed on location as well. It's, yeah. just that, it's just that sometimes when they have location shots and uh, studio it's, shots that they just look like... One looks like it's completely overlit and is in, like, a game show studio. Right. And then it cuts to outside and then it's all, um, you know, it looks like it's been shot on film or... It's weird because every time you say Penny's from Heaven, I think of Nicholas Lindhurst. <laughs> Good, <laughs> Good night, night sweetheart. sweetheart. Yeah. In a way, it could be. It has a similar, they have sort of similar vibes to them. They're usually about men having affairs with uh, yeah. people in the voice. <laughs> in, um, <laughs> in, in Penny's from Heaven, it's the depression. And uh, in Good Night, Sweetheart, it's time travel. And, <laughs> uh, and stealing other people's ideas for music. What's that called? Uh, plagiarism. Plagiarism. <laughs> he's a fucking. Uh, he's a plagiarist. He's a time traveling pa- plagiarist bigamist. Uh, what time's that on? But lovable. Uh, seven, seven p.m. Tea time. Just on on the tea time. Yeah, just where, so the kids can watch it as well. Bit of fun. Um, <laughs> that got weird. Good nice we are. I think I start watching. It started it at a point. pretty weird. Yeah, but there's ones like where you're one. going, mate. You're going back in time. <laughs> <laughs> to have sex with another woman from the 1940s. Uh, yes, I am, actually, my scouse friend. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, give her one from me. 
<laughs> Good night, sweetheart. <laughs> it's fucking. I had ones later on. There's one where, um, like, I, I was watching it for for a long. I think they did about eight or nine series, and I was I carried on watching it for a while. And there's a series where. He has just got loads of money, and he then lives in the flat, and the guy next door is Noel Coward from Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, the Noel Coward's a character for a little bit. <laughs> and then there's one... Fucking hell, Noel Coward! And you're parking two women in different time zones. Something for the kids at tea time. <laughs> and then there's one later on. Oh, that's a screen. Job. Isn't the Noel Coward one where um, he plays Beatles songs in the pub? Well, I think that was what he was doing all the time, wasn't he? Beatles songs. Was I think there were always Beatles songs or Elton John songs that he's claimed he's written. Mm. But to an audience that wouldn't really know what that music sounds, so they probably wouldn't like it. They'd probably be like, that's a bit, bit weird, this music. I don't think they'd be like, like unless like all the people in that pub were like really cutting edge musos. <laughs> but didn't he uh, sort of like make them all a little bit like George, George Forbes? Oh, maybe you know? that was Maybe it made them a bit more, more musical. But then also, uh, the fucking... Uh, Budget that that show must have had for music rights. Oh yeah, you're right. It's absolutely because no. Oh, cause, I know why. Because Nicholas Lindos would have had to go round to Neverland and personally beg Michael Jackson for the rights to the Beatles <laughs> songs so that he could play them on the Apparently, piano. Apparently, though, the um, the BBC don't like they don't have to pay PRS or they pay some massive amount every year and everything else yeah, is that's free. Right. I think. No, that is right. I heard a thing about that recently where um, oh, I probably can't say. Okay. I don't know why I wouldn't be able to say it, but I can't. But anyway, so there's a thing where basically you can do anything you want in England. Oh, well, it happened with Uncle. Um, on the um, first episode, it ends with um, uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. And then they didn't have the international rights. So now when you see it on Netflix and stuff, it's got a different piece of music that oh, finishes really? the episode. Uncle had some quite like big... Songs on it as well, didn't it? Yeah, and and I think that a lot of that has been. I mean, Ollie and Lila spent a long time sat in a looking for alternatives. They didn't just sort of like use the library music, but um, uh, yeah, they had to change a lot. But considering <laughs> considering the song is uh, the show is about music, yeah, partially, yeah. they really like look. You know, were quite proud of all of their musical choices, and. Um, yeah, when it went over to internationally, uh, they had to change it all a bit. Um, but that's just the thing that happens. Sometimes if you ask the people, they give you permission. But not always. Oh, and if you get permission, is it just then free? Or is it... Um, I think that there's, there's still legal implications, but you've got, but it's a lot easier and you can sort things out. I don't really know. Apparently, um, there was a time in the 90s when... Um, uh, I think was it Quentin Tarantino used to put in other songs than the ones he wanted, so that it would look like it was like a second choice. So I think in his scripts so initially, like he could compromise. Yeah, they would sort of send a false script or something to people and go, "Oh, they want this," and if they turned it down, he'd go, "Okay, can we have this instead?" Whereas if you go to them saying we want this, they'll charge more or something. I think that sounds unlikely. Oh, really? That's why would you? Risk, why would you risk the chance of getting your first choice if it was if it wasn't your first choice? Uh, I think what they tend to do with um, with violence and uh, sex scenes and stuff is that uh, they put more violence in, and they'll put like something that's so gratuitous and unpleasant in the film, and then the censors will go, "Well, you've got to cut this, this, and this," and they go, "Oh." Tell you what, we'll cut this definitely for you. And they go, well, all right, you've met us halfway. 
And right. so they use it as sort of like a barching tool. Um, I think uh, Brian De Palma did that with Body Double. Right. That's such a good film. Although weird film. Oh, it's bonkers. But it is. It is really I'm not good. even thinking of Body Double. I'm thinking of the other one. Dress to Kill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is what... I mean, Body Double is weird, though. When he, <laughs> all of those films are really, really <laughs> yeah, seemingly yeah. weird. I mean, is Body Double the one where they do the Frankie Goes to Hollywood Relax yes, video? Yes, yeah. Halfway, like halfway through. through halfway through this, this thriller, <laughs> it turns into a music video for absolutely no reason. And also, it's sort of like Frankie Goes to Hollywood Relax, but they're filming a porn movie. And, it's, oh, it's cr- and the characters from the film are still going through it. Like, it's also... But it feels like... That could have been cut out and been the video for Relax, but yeah. that isn't the video for Relax. But I think, wasn't they, didn't they want to use the video for Relax? Wasn't, it, wasn't there something where... But actually, that one actually is more like the one they used is probably more... Uh, uh, would probably have more trouble with the sensors than uh, the body double one, in a funny way. It was pretty... I mean, it was banned. It was. It was. Um, I think it was banned by Radio One, wasn't it? Or Mike Reed um, apparently the, refused to play. What it. is the radio doing, banning a video? <laughs> We're not going to show this video on the air. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> um, uh, what was it? So um, it good, was, nice reader. No, but Dress to Kill. <laughs> when he was filming Dress to Kill, the beginning of Dress to Kill, he got uh, um, that TV actress. And um, he used a body double, and he used a much younger body double, and it was sort of like a joke about the the way oh, right, that you yes. use film. So she's in the shower at the beginning, and all of her face close-ups are her, um, and, uh, and then they cut to a, the body of a woman that's like twenty years younger than her, and then it's kind of um, it's kind of meant to be like a comment on uh, filmmaking and it's a dream as well it's a dream sequence spoiler alert um, and then <coughs> but, he, but from using the body double in Dress to Kill that's when he, th- he thought of making a film about a body double so he wrote that body yes, double yes yeah mm. hang on the set for Thank You Goes to Hollywood sequence in Body Double was also used for the fo- the following year for the nightclub scene in Fright Night okay. of course it was Fright Night what a movie <laughs> the original. Uh, <laughs> well, the sequel doesn't make sense, but the original is just so well pieced together. But, but the remake, there is a sequel, but the remake doesn't make sense the way, you know, David Tennant is a Las Vegas magician. We've talked about this, right? Well, we've talked about it in real life. And not in. Not on Fan Club, I don't think. No. Well, oh, God. No, that's not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> rain in let's rain it in who was I, I oh, there was a new character that, last week that came up with at your birthday party oh this is good radio come yeah. on <laughs> what was he called what was he called um, um this is this is terrible radio um I'll say this while you're thinking I saw, like, years later on UK Gold, I saw some Goodnight Sweethearts from a much later era. And there's one where there's, like, an evil... There's two Nicholas Lindhursts and one's evil going through time. Like Superman 3? Yeah, they're split in two. And there's, like, an evil one. And there was one that had Jack the Ripper in it, where Jack the Ripper goes through the time warp. And the reason why... And it's... uh, He's going to kill some women in the 40s in Whitechapel. All set in Whitechapel, you see. 
and uh, and then um, he gets hit by a bus in the present day, and they're all like, "Yeah, I guess that's why he didn't kill any more women." <laughs> it's like, "Good night, sweetheart." <laughs> For the kids, <laughs> get the kids up. Good night, sweetheart, son. Let's watch this. Bit of fun. Um, Got like Jack the Ripper murdering women. <laughs> oh my God. Now I've got to solve the bloody Jack the Ripper murders. I'm just, I'm just up to my I'm just nuts and guts in this woman that I'm fucking in the 1940s. It's a tough life. Good face. night, sweetheart. <laughs> fucking one, uh, oh, wait. one of the biggest cunts on any fucking sitcom ever. Nicholas you're not, you're never ever meant to think of anything. It's like, it's it's like oh, he's having a nightmare, this guy. A nightmare with these two lives. <laughs> What's the profession of James B. Donovan, played by Tom Hanks in Bridge of Spies? What is the profession? Um, oh, he's in, was he an insurance man or something? We're reading questions from Ridley's Games Room Movie Buff Quiz. You don't have to be a movie buff. You just need to have lived... <laughs> what is the profession of James B. Donovan? It's a lawyer. Lawyer. Okay. Didn't give you the. Th- uh, who voices Scarlet Overkill, the villain in Minions? Uh, Don't know, though. Uh, these are actually quite difficult. You have to be a real buff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. It's uh, Sandy B. So. Who's Sandy B? Sandra Bullock. Uh, Come on. We've all got a nickname for her. Mine's <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, Sandy B. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking hell I can't remember what that character was called never mind it was an actor oh he wanted to be in a Wrigley Scott movie <laughs> this is not radio so um, uh, did, you, did you watch uh, did, you, did you watch it oh watch Avengers yeah I've watched it yeah did you see it yesterday so yesterday and I liked it I thought it was fun yes I wasn't like I, I thought uh, I should, yeah, it's difficult to talk about it because so many people are avoiding things. But, so many spoilers. But then but it's difficult. It really is difficult to talk about because it's not really the film it's up to be. Or, like, not. In fact, I didn't really know anything about it. And I think people talk about. Um, spoiler! This is a spoiler conversation about Avengers. Uh, and if you don't want to listen to a spoiler filled uh, discussion about Avengers, then uh, stop listening now. There we go. There we go. go I on. suppose we covered it. Um, well, yeah. So the I thought if I was a bit younger, I like. I, see, I think I like the Marvel films more than you do in general. Yeah. Well, where I stand on the Marvel films is I think they're fine. They're all fairly flat looking. Uh, the, the, when you think about like Batman and Superman, those are iconic films that I watched over and over again. Mm. And I think maybe I've just got to an age where I think of films differently and I treat films different. I watch films differently. And I'm more interested in seeing things that I've not seen before rather than repeatedly watching the same thing over and over again. Um, and I think with Marvels, I've watched... I think I've watched all of them except Captain Marvel. Um, but there might be another couple that I haven't seen. But I think I've pretty much watched all of them. And... Um, uh, and I don't have any desire to watch any of them ever again. I think when uh, First Avenger came out, Captain America, um, I had it on my phone. There was a code that you typed in and then it kind of gave you a digital copy. I had a digital copy and it went on all my like, devices. 
And so I probably watched Captain America a couple of times when I was stuck on an awful train journey or something like that. But even that I found quite dull watching it again. And, um, yeah, I just, they don't really do, they don't really do anything for me. And I, I've, I, I, I got more out of a film that I found deeply flawed, like Batman versus Superman, where mm. I liked, I really liked half of it and the other mm. half I hated. And so I've seen that a few times, but with the Marvel films, just no, no desire. And then, in a, it, weirdly, one of my favourite Marvel films was Thor The Dark World, which universally everyone hated, but I just like the fact that Thor is on the underground in it. There's a right. bit when he's on the underground. And, that sort of they sort of took that stuff and made that those the kind of Thor character afterwards, didn't they? They sort of gone. Do you know it works better when they're trying to make jokes about it? Which I think is sort of the issue with the thir- first Thor movie, is that I kept thinking there's loads of opportunities for jokes that they never did. Yeah. And then later on, the character just has become the sort of comic relief. But also, now. they bleach his eyebrows in the first Thor movie, and he looks fucking weird when you go back and watch it. Um, and his hair is terrible in it. It's just kind of like there's. A, I don't like the th- first Thor film, um, and then I like the second one, and then the third one. Um, I don't know. I, it, was, it was fine, um, but not to go on and on about it. But anyway, so I just think that they're all about three stars. Uh, you know, I just like go, yeah, they're fine, but they're one watches, and I feel like because they crank them out so often, it's like watching a TV series. Mm. And I, I've always compared it to like watching EastEnders, and it's just like I've got no desire to go back and watch an episode of EastEnders you just watch whatever comes next <clears throat> now with um, and I was really underwhelmed by the first Avengers movie and then the second one I didn't see at the cinema and then uh, so then the third one would have been uh, Infinity War yeah and I thought Infinity War was great I really enjoyed it and it was the only one that I would consider to be Elevate. The other problem with the Marvel films is it's the same film over and over and over again. It's like there's only so many origin films that you can watch, and it's just a, so I really like Spider-Man: Homecoming because it felt different. Um, the ones that feel completely different are the ones that I think that I've probably enjoyed the most. And then when it comes to uh, um, Infinity War, <coughs> I thought that because obviously it's not a what I also really, it was sort of an origin story or not an origin origin story, but it was like. Um, it focused on a new character. I, and I thought what was great about it was that it felt like Thanos was kind of like, this is Thanos's movie. Mm. And then rather than try and kind of like fit in 20 main characters, they had one main character, which was Thanos. And then all of the other characters that you've spent the whole franchise watching yeah. are kind of like have little bits around mm. him, just as, you know, uh, other, um, other characters would in... Someone else, you know, in, yeah. they didn't treat Iron Man like he'd made a load of Iron Man movies. You know, he obviously had the weight and the impact of the films that he'd had, but he was in Thanos's movie. That's yes. how I felt about Infinity One. I really loved it, and I've not seen it again, but I have wanted to see it again, which is more than I can say for the others. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not like I hate them. Sure, yeah, yeah. I don't hate them. They just don't mean. Much I think me. most of them are quite disposable, and. Uh, yeah, you probably uh, there's a lot where I just uh, I can't really imagine a time when I'd see him again. There are a few exceptions to that, I think. Uh, I think the first Iron Man movie was great and felt really. And I think what was good about them to begin with is that I, you know, I I, I knew about the comic books before the movies. Whereas I think something like the Iron Man movie was better than Iron Man comics were, 
and it's just it's just they've they, thought about it. They've sort of taken a real sort of Hollywood approach to something and gone, yeah, that's how you should have been doing the comics forever. But yeah, they just weren't I, like that. I think that that's I think that that's what's really good. it wasn't so Iron Man wasn't so well known and beloved mm. that. Um, uh, that they couldn't, you know, change change stuff about it and fuck around with it. And I think that that's what was really good because with the Iron Man film, you go, well, we've seen Spider Man, and we've seen Incredible Hulk, and we sort of know what that is because that's been part of culture for since before we were born. Yeah. You know, there's, they've been making you know Hulk stuff since the seventies, um, and then. <clears throat> What they did with, you know, you go Iron Man, you go, I don't know anything really about Iron Man other than he wears an iron suit and he's never been a, fa- a very sexy character. Do you know what I mean? It's not like being like, well, fucking hell, what's Iron Man up to? And that what they did with the, with the films was they, they, they reinvented him for a new audience, but that also satisfied. It's sort of a little bit, although not really because that was a failure. It's a bit like the Friday the 13th remake where they took all of the elements that you knew and liked about the Friday the 13th franchise and put it all in one film. Mm. So they didn't remake the original Friday the 13th with Jason's mum, spoiler alert. Um, uh, but, yeah, by the way, in this spoiler-filled Avengers review, you're also <laughs> getting spoilers for Friday the 13th. And, um, but 1980s. So they, didn't, <laughs> so they didn't remake the original movie, but they remade everything that you liked about it, which I think he has a... I think he has like a sack on his head at one point yeah. and then he has the hockey mask and then the mum comes into it and I think and they go oh yeah yeah and I think that that was the right way of doing it and what they kind of did with the Iron Man thing was they amalgamated all of these things that you knew about it and what I think that you're un, sort of unlucky about with Batman is that um, you end up with filmmakers that are trying to sort of like um, shoehorn Batman into their vision Yes. As opposed to um, having a sort of like overview of what Batman is and trying to create that into, well, this sort of like folds 50 years of comic books into what is Batman? So they're not sitting down and solving a problem and going, what is Batman? You know, Tim Burton's going, well, for me, Batman is boring, so I'll just make it about the bad guys. And Joel Schumacher is, I like it, I've got to make Batman about the toys. So I'm just going to put loads of opportunities for toys and merchandise in it, and we'll make it for kids. Um, and then, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan is kind of like, well, I'm not so interested in superhero movies, but what if we made it sort of like a real-world thing? And then Zack Snyder's like, well, I think Batman should have a gun and shoot people. <laughs> and then you go, like, well, that, you know, none of, none of those versions are kind of like... And I suppose what... The, the, when you get to the animated series of Batman, that's what they've really done. They've gone kind of like, this feels exactly... yeah. It's sort of like a fairy tale, romantic, art deco, um, really kind of like uh, creepy and sort of. Uh, and it's got that thing. I, I think what works really well about that, it's just, it's all ladies, and as much as if you're a kid, it's not too scary. But it's also quite complex. I've thought it all through, and they're smart. Like, um, um, They've thought through all the origins and all the characters more. They've sort of taken it more the, like... they did the same thing, didn't they? They took, like, uh, Mr. Freeze. And yeah. Mr. Freeze was a B character. And uh, it didn't and really have an origin, I think, or anything that was particularly... And then I went, well, let's invent one. Let's give him a motivation. And, and they him gave him one of the best origins. It's one of the best. I mean, that's the mm. episode that won all the Emmys, wasn't yeah. it? And, uh, and so I think that that's basically... That's sort of what Marvel have done, is they've gone, right, well, these, char- exactly, these, yeah. these characters aren't great. 
these are these are the second tier characters, right? And because uh, we, we we I guess they couldn't afford to make a huge fuck off Spider Man movie, and they didn't have the rights, and they didn't have the rights to Hulk either, right? So um, yes, they did. <laughs> so so they were just like, well, what have we got? Yeah, and um, and yeah, so then they were just like, well, we'll make this. As, and also, I thought that the the changes that they made to Thor make sense. The changes that they've made to Iron Man, uh, yeah. they've made it feel like... And also, like, Robert Downey Jr., like, half of that is the casting. Or well, maybe three-quarters of that is the casting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And really Downey, but also Robert Downey Jr. has adopted the Tony Stark, you know, character as his... As his own. As his own thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like he, he's basically playing Tony Stark in real life now. It's... um. Uh, so, yeah, I really, uh, so I really loved Infinity War, and then it came to this, and I was, it started, and I couldn't remember anything about Infinity War, and I was just <laughs> like, I really should have seen Captain Marvel, and I uh, felt like, uh oh, um, I really did, I really enjoyed it, uh, I enjoyed it more than, uh, I'd say, by a by a fucking country mile, Infinity War is my favourite out of all of the films, and the others I wouldn't even consider the word favourite. I would just go. I, I think I think the first Avengers film is still better than all the other ones. All the other Avengers films. Hmm. I think I think I think they all do something smart. Where, and I think a lot. I think that's what Marvel's strength is. I think the. the all the decisions they make are smart. You go, that's a smart idea. That's how you do that. That's how you get away with that. But I think, like, I think that, and and this one as well. In fact, all the Avengers films, I'd say, maybe bar Age of Ultron, which I don't really remember anything about, have this thing where it's like they've got a lot to achieve in their running time, and they sort of manage it. They kind of go, right, okay. It's like a tick sheet of you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do that. Whereas I think Avengers is a real, really impressive one where... It sort of fixes all the problems that were going on before. And part of, one of the big problems that it absolutely fixes is casting Mark Ruffalo, who is just better than just about everyone else in them. Right. And he's always like, oh, he's like... A, and they nail Hulk for the first time, and they realise in The Avengers, it's like, oh, well, Hulk works better if he's not in his own film. Because if you make a Hulk film, the story always has to be kind of man and monster and someone going, oh, yeah. I wish I wasn't a monster. And it's just boring. And you see it by the time that comes out, you've seen it dozens of times. And then, but if you make him the, if you make him a supporting character, he gets to still be the sort of fun Hulk smash thing. And you can get a little bit of that, but it's better as a supporting character where he can just interact with other people. And that's how they then use that character. Yeah. And I think more and more <laughs> as have gone on, these films sort of feel like, and now it feels like that's what they're doing with Thor, right? That they go, well, the Thor films probably aren't great but if they make him like a comic character they can kind of just fit him in other things yeah it doesn't really maybe it's not a great idea for a, a movie to carry a movie except for well, he's done his trilogy and then yeah. that's how they that's exactly how they used Robert Downey Jr he did his trilogy mm. there's, there's a few um, there's very there's about three or four Marvel movies that I've actively thought were bad while I was watching them mm. I would say Iron Man 2 Doctor Strange Age of Ultron, where I found them annoying and just like, oh my god, this is this this is a bad film. Mm. But it's only a handful, and they have corrected them later. You know, in um, Infinity War, uh, Doctor Strange was one of the better uh, characters in it. But I thought in his own movie was just like, oh god, not another fucking you know, um, 
and I just found the humor. Anyway, I found the humor in that. Yeah. I thought I thought the um, uh, the the other thing I felt about the this new one is that I kept thinking if you were nine or ten when Iron Man came out, yeah, and you went to see that. You go. I totally get how this film absolutely pays off. Oh, and like if you were that age, you would be so <laughs> blown away by but, this. Yeah, but I think that this absolutely works in that sense. That so my, my, the whole the whole reason of talking about like, and I don't hate these Marvel movies. I like the I, mm. I like the idea. I like that they're there, and I find it quite frustrating that DC. You know, the arrogance, I was said to you the other day, but the arrogance of kind of like going, they've taken 22 films to get to a point where they made a three-hour movie that's got, you know, 50 50 main characters in it. And uh, DC tries to do it in three films, and you mm. go, you're you're absolute idiots, and mm. and of course it was not going to work, and you got greedy, uh, and these films should be shit. Yeah, well, I think initially when they did Iron Man made money, made a lot of money Thor I'm pretty sure didn't and was a flop when it came out right no. and I think it was oh really I think it probably made enough oh yeah but I think it has that thing where the Marvel films ended up almost like backwards engineering their own success so by the time it gets to Avengers people are like well I better get I better get on top of these other ones so it feels like everyone a lot of those things got watched retrospectively and like sure. the kind of well I think also putting easter eggs and teasers and stuff in all of them where you go oh there's a, there's a reference to Hawkeye's in Thor and if you watch mm. The Incredible Hulk, you can see Captain America's body in the snow snowbank. You know, all of that stuff. Yeah. And if you look in the background of uh, Tony Stark's thing, he's building Captain America's shield. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what I think is that if you were a kid and you'd watched all of these films, this film, uh, you know, this culmination, in a way I don't want any more. Hmm. It's, it's finished it for me. I just think these are all great. And... Um, They'll keep making them, but um, don't really need any more. But um, but what I think, if you were a kid growing up on them, these films would be like the most important. Yes, of course. That's really nice. I'm watching it with jaded adult eyes, that's where I'm I going, mean. like the lighting is just flat, and there's nothing as visually interesting in them as there was in, you know, um, uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman and uh, the first two Batman mm-hmm. movies, where you just like go. But the stories for them are shit. Well, I think the stories for the Batman films are shit, and you just go back for the visuals. But I think that um, that if I was a kid, this film would be incredible. As it is, I went to see it, and I cried all the way through it, and, I, and, it, and it made me retroactively go, I do love it. It made me think very fondly on these characters that I've never been 100% in love with. I've gone, um, do you know what? I really do appreciate them, and uh, and I think that... Also, I think um, Kevin Feige, is mm. it? Or Kevin Feige? Or Feige, or... Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. 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 Kevin Feige. He's a genius. Like, the fact that he's done all this. It's like, you go, uh, you know, there's no... It's kind of, um, it's just as artistically valid and important. Mm. Maybe not the films individually, but the fact that what he's done is he's tied all of these films together. You just like go, it's an absolute masterpiece. I did. I, I mean, I thought that was kind of a funny thing at the end, which I'm sure is almost written by Kevin Feige. Oh no, this is no, that's almost. And it's not really a big spoiler actually. But there's a sort of uh, monologue at the end, isn't there, where you get a monologue from Robert Downey Jr. going. 
10 years ago we never thought we could do this <laughs> thing we started off with essentially going when we made Iron Man yeah, we yeah, didn't, yeah. We didn't imagine in, it would get to this point it is tongue in cheek though I think there was stuff that I didn't like about the film and there's stuff you know as soon as you've introduced Captain Marvel into the universe it's just kind of like well she's a bit of a selfish cunt isn't she <laughs> there's loads of people that are dying and she could have just stopped it all by like you know going actually I'm just going to this is more important for two seconds of my life. Mm. So there's that. There's, like the, there's this ultimate character, you know, ultimate superhero with unlimited superpowers. And I think there's bits of the design in this which isn't very good. In that, I think what works about them is they're such colourful characters, the Marvel heroes, mm. and all based on four-colour comics. So they're all primary-coloured guys. And in this one, it's like. Okay, they're going to have a big fight with some um, like brown shapes. When you go, yeah. what am I looking at and here? That, and also, that whole <laughs> bit felt like the that felt like the fight in Infinity War when uh, with between Doctor Strange and uh, yeah. Tony Stark and Thanos, and uh, on that planet, it just felt there was stuff that was sort of like this feels like a repeat. Um, uh, weird fat jokes all the way through it. Where you go, yes, yes okay, we're going to be uh, uh, really. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, diverse. We can, it, it, Marvel's all about diversity now, except mm. for fat people. Mm. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> really? That's really weird. Considering, have yes. you seen your fans? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, why, what's with all the, the fat shaming and all the fat jokes? Mm. It's, 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 it, like, it was an odd choice. It's, it's, on the 22nd movie, to suddenly go, well, what's left? Well, I guess we're going to start being mean about fat people. Like even, even like one of the most beautiful scenes in it was between Thor and his mum. Yes, and yeah. it's just done to cut with her saying, "Eat a salad," and you're just like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> so I was crying into my popcorn at that bit, <laughs> my buttered popcorn. Um, uh, play a song. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I've done fifty minutes. <laughs> So we've just been uh, discussing the word cunting. Um, so, uh, so if we had to give um, the uh, one-word review for Avengers uh, Endgame, three, two, one, great. Um, um, I thought it was a good ending. I, I oh really yeah, I enjoyed think, it. See, I think it's nice. I, and do you know what? I think the way they handled Captain America, a quite boring character for a couple of films, the way they handled it, I, I just thought he was brilliant. I thought Chris Evans was incredible in this film. I think I, know, I really loved him. I, uh, I, I think you're right. Actually, I think um, the. Uh, I think that everything that they did with his character in this film was spot on, and I loved um, how they left that character. Hmm. The uh, uh, the first Avenger might be my favourite Marvel film. Sure, Joe Johnson. I mean, it's like when you go, yeah, um, it's 
Edge. It's weirdly, it's one of the only films out of that lot that has a very distinct personal look to it. Yes. It feels like a Joe Johnston film yeah. as much as a Marvel film. It feels like the doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like it's basically in the same universe as that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, it does, exactly. And... Um, Oh, but with this Age of Ultron, there were moments of it where I... Uh, not Age of Ultron, fucking hell. It's not, uh, Endgame. Endgame. With this Endgame, it was just like, there were moments in it where uh, Paul, when Paul Rudd is sort of like walking through San Francisco, mm. it's kind of like, this is like just top-tier science fiction. He was very good, actually, and I'm not, um, you know, I don't, I'm not as big a fan of the Ant-Man films as some people are, but I thought he was actually really good in this. I think he is really good. I uh, I, I, I like Paul Rudd, but like I think that they, they know what to do with that character. What they, they don't know what to, anything to do with is Chris Pratt. He sort of turns up in both of the films, and it's kind of like you just—he's much more likable in his own franchise. And then when he's in their franchise, it's kind of like he's always played off as a dick or uh, an idiot or the guy that basically uh, fucks them all over. And you go, well, I don't think his mm. character would act like that in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but mm. he does in... They also did a thing at the end where they've got... They sort of end the thing with um, seeing their autographs appearing on screen, like yeah. like in Star Trek. Star <laughs> Trek. Which Star Trek was it? <laughs> Star uh, Trek 6, is it? It's the last one, isn't it, where they all... They basically, Star Trek Undiscovered Country? The one where they basically go, we're too old to do any more of these. But is it Undiscovered Country? I think it's country? Undiscovered Country, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they add that, and I went. Oh, and they did that in the start. And he go, that's quite a nice. It was I a like nice the thing way in they that. Did that. I really mm. like the way they did it. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was really great. And then they basically set it up like going, well, these are going to be the guys that hand. Mm. You know. These ones do films now. Um, <laughs> right, so we're going to do. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> Just hold your fucking horses, you fucking hell! <laughs> but do you know what it does though? It makes me not want to do them. Uh, it makes me oh god sorry um, uh, sorry if the listeners are a bit confused right now uh, just absolutely just being forced into doing something I don't want to do by our producer <sighs> was it the bottom ones or the old ones we do the old ones first ok we've reviewed um, oh there you go. Email. Hey, Nathaniel and Nick. I'm a new listener to this thing. My boyfriend got me into it. <laughs> Is that the wrong? <laughs> you it's both abuse. sound hot and look okay. Love your conversations about food and places. Would you talk about Jim Caviezel at any point in the future? Sure. Heidi soon five stars from me. <laughs> 45 you minutes next week. You both sound hot and look okay. Love your conversations about food and places. Is it the same? Have they got the right podcast? Um, food and place. We talk about food in different countries, don't we? Would you talk about Jim Caviezel at any point in the future? Um, I, I think Heidi Sue, five stars. From it. Thanks for the five stars, Heidi, but you're uh, a, a fucking idiot. Okay, Maggie Wiggle, 26. Um, no, we're not going to talk about Jim Caviezel. I'll talk about Jim Caviezel. Oh, my favourite Jim Caviezel movie. What's yours? Uh, frequency. Mine's Escape Plan. Brilliant. <laughs> so, um, uh, good stuff, dudes. How are you doing, boys? I've been listening to Fan Club for quite a while now. <laughs> hey, this Maggie Wiggle. Yeah, that's how she speaks. Hey, I'm Maggie Wiggle, 26. Uh, how are you doing, boys? I've been listening to Fan Club for quite a while now. It's a really great listen, and Nick and Nat are one of the best podcast duos in the country. Although I think Nick needs a bit of... A bit for of... Positive attitude, aren't I? A bit four of 
bit far off. Positive attitude, please, Nick. On life. Uh, I, I, I really can't make head nor tail of what your critique is there, Maggie Wiggle 26. Thanks for the five stars, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, and this is the final one. Um, uh, a Brill Discovery. Jim Caviezel. Ah, uh, no, probably no, not. No, we're not reading that. Why would you type that Why down? Why would you put that down? <laughs> Why would you type that down? I, I might know. have read that without reading it. Um, fucking hell. Uh, Greedo 5 president. That's funny, that's a play on Greedo 4 president. Uh, 2204-2019, the year of our Lord. A Brill Discovery. I first heard, this is our, these are our iTunes reviews. Please, by all means, send your iTunes reviews in. But just fucking... Uh, you know, uh, double check them. That's an eye open. Put them through Grammarly first. Just fucking don't waste our time. Um, a real discovery. I first heard of Nick when he was in that Uncle program. I really liked that show, and it's sad that it hasn't been on in age. What? I really liked that show, and is sad that it hasn't been on in ages. Turns out Nick has been keeping himself busy with this pretty sick podcast. Well, I mean, not this that is <laughs> I never knew how big an he was. To be if honest, Greed, ask, Greedo 5 present, you wouldn't be able to live if that's all we. I mean, if, if this Better is what I've been this. keeping myself busy with. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the rest, mate. Um, back on tour. Imagine uh, the super noodles we'd have to eat to survive on this. So, I never knew how big a nerd he was, if I may ask a fan question. What is your favourite change from the Star Wars Special Editions? Ah, oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, one for another time. So, <laughs> um, no. Uh, what is, what's your favourite change in the Star Wars fan changes? I always liked the Special Editions. I was always, I had I like, no problem with, with the thing of it at all. Uh, I think it was sort of later when you kind of go, oh, it is a bit of a shame, I suppose. But at the time, I was quite, I was well up for it. Um... My favourite bit, not a change so much, but I do like that weird bit where <laughs> Solo uh, steps on Jabba the Hutt's tail <laughs> and then a little bit of him just sort of does this juddery thing comes yeah, up really for a second. Mad. And then uh, Jabba the Hutt goes, wow! My favourite my favorite change, and they've changed it many times in almost every version, is the bit when Ben Kenobi comes out for the first time and he's scaring away yes. the uh, sand people and he does an uh, impression of a crate dragon. And eventually uh, they, they changed it in almost every version and the latest one is he comes from behind a rock and he goes (laughs) (laughs) there's also now if you watch the version of it now um, uh, is in the second one where it's got like Boba Fett in it They've given him, like, the voice of uh, Tamura Morrison. Yeah. So it's like, Darth Vader says something to him, and he's like, you're right, mate. <laughs> so then you go, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you're yeah. just going to do that in a minute, mate. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm struggling to think of any of the changes that I really like. I think that... Yeah. Uh, but, like, but, like, but the, best, the best changes that they made was uh, were just, like, um, tarting up the uh, spaceship effects. Yeah. Those are the best changes. Uh and uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> they kept doing weird things with the changes, like when Luke falls. Uh, Empire Strikes Back looked the nicest at the cinema in '97, where they put extra Cloud City shots in. And you yeah, go, oh, I like all this. Yeah, but that was like the one where they were embellishing it more, whereas the other ones were like, we've actually cut scenes out and now we're adding them in. Mm-hmm. Um, Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. Uh, I have been a fan of. Friends of Ringo Ishikawa 
on the Switch. I like the lo-fi hip-hop soundtrack and Double Dragon-like gameplay. Okay. Oh, that's great. Thank you, M. at Hutchinson. Uh, Oliver Reed Smith at Oliver Reed Smith. I watched WrestleMania this week. It was surprisingly, it was surprisingly good. good. I've been a fan of. Oh, is yeah. that a thing? Is that a thing people have been doing? Did we say this? There's yeah. like a hashtag. Yeah, I've been a fan of. That's nice. Oh, there you go. Uh, Claire Louise Taylor. Uh, so, uh, hashtag fan club. Uh, hashtag I've been a fan of. Mr. Brooks, the Kevin Costner film, after you chatted about him last week. Mr. Brooks is a weird film, isn't it? Um, I quite like that. I've not seen it. Uh, Kevin Costner plays a serial killer. Okay. And Dane... Uh, Bowers? Dane Cook. Oh. Plays uh, the detective that's uh, that's hunting him down. It's good. It's, uh, should it's, have been Bowers. It's, it should have been Dane Bowers. Um, yeah. Missed All right. Brilliant. Um, so if uh, if you're listening and you want to write in and say what you've been a fan of this week, uh, t- hashtag fan club. Hashtag I've been a fan of, and uh, let us know what you've been a fan of. This th- weirdly this uh, this. This week, it sounds like more of a radio show than it has any other week. Yeah, we must be. We should start again. I think we're tired. <laughs> it sounds, it's, it's beginning to sound a little bit too slick. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do about it? <coughs> so, we're going to play a song and then we're going to get a guest in. What's the. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's your song? <laughs> Uh, what is it? Southern Girls, is it? Ah, there we go. And we're back! And, um, <laughs> I've lost my headphones. So here are my headphones, here are my headphones. I haven't switched on your microphone yet. Uh, and we're back in the studio. Uh, uh, I like that song a lot now. Um, I so like we're it back that. in the studio and we're joined now by um, actor Ingrid Oliver. Hi. 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 <laughs> actor and comedian. That was, I was waiting for the description. You, so there was, was a I. pause there. You weren't sure. Uh, well, I, um, we get a lot of. So-called comedians Slash. in, Slash. and um, uh, and I'm always in disbelief of the arrogance that they actually go, yeah, 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 I'm a comedian. Oh, I'm definitely not. Hell. And a co- I'm a comic comedy actor. Comedy, comedy actor. actor, comedy actor. There you go. Um, uh, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, what, are you what would you like to plug? Oh. Am I really loud, or I just sound loud? And you're no, it's fine. It's no, fine. No, I, Don't even worry you about sound it. absolutely normal. Um, that's because I've been doing theatre, so I project. Sure, uh, right, yeah. of course. Um, I am in, um, what I'm plugging is is um, the hustle. I've which, seen it on the side of buses. Yes, yeah, so have I. I saw it yesterday. That's my exciting, first one, isn't it? My first time seeing a film, or well, I say a film I'm in, like I'm in loads of films. My first time seeing a film I'm on the side of the bus. Um, it's the first film I've been in, so it's the first. I've seen it. Oh, is it um, your first ever film? Actually, really? no, I was in Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course you were. That doesn't count. It doesn't. <laughs> How dare you? Um, I was a very small part. I was a lesbian PE teacher who was weirdly cre- sort of quite hit on, was quite creepy towards the 14 year olds. Right. Girls. Right. Wouldn't happen was, now, probably. Probably wouldn't. No, it's too p- PC gone mad now, isn't <laughs> it? Is, it? Of course, it is. you can't get away with any of that stuff. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, uh, yes, in the hustle. 
which is a very good, very funny film uh, coming out next two weeks. Next week, uh, which is a remake of Dirty Rot Scoundrels. Which is a remake of Bedtime Story. Which is a remake of Bedtime Story. Which had Marlon Brando and David Niven in it. Yeah. Yes, Marlon Brando and David Niven. And the... the so the, the most memorable thing about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is the rubric scene, is it? Yes. And you go, oh, Steve Martin is a comedy genius. Yes. Uh, probably wouldn't get away with that performance in 2019. But sure. uh, yeah, it's comedy genius. And then when you watch Bedtime Story, it's an exact copy of Marlon Brando's performance. Is it really? Marlon Brando does rubrics like, exactly the same as no Steve way. Martin. You go, oh, this is Steve Martin. And it's not. Marlon Brando did it first. I did not it's know incredible. that. It's incredible. Oh, I have to watch that now. It's, I had it's no quite I, a good film. I had no idea Bedtime Story existed until I saw a trailer for it. And I was watching it, and my mind was blown at this. I like, watching the trailer essentially for an old Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, I was like, what weird. is going on? So you've seen The Hustle. Yes, I have. So I if you had it. to rank The Hustle between Bedtime Story, <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and The Hustle, which one? What, oh, where would you rank number it? One. Num- number one. Number I'm, one. Bearing in mind, I've not seen Bedtime Story. Sure. Also, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is one of my favourite comedy films, so this is it's quite hard for me. But did I'm you, in, I'm in the hustle. So did therefore, you see Dirty Rotten Scoundrels when it was on stage? I did not. Who was uh, in that? Uh, Rufus Hound, of course. Oh, was it? Oh, yes, yeah. that rings a bell actually. Of course, mm. of course. What does that mean? Of course, um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, so I remember that. No, I didn't. He's see in it. them all. Um, <laughs> the 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 Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. The, the what I've had great pleasure in in people who interviewed me for it and they're like so have you seen the original and what they mean is have you seen the 1980 what bedtime story and yeah actually and also as though I'm a woman so I probably wouldn't have seen like a brilliant comedy film with two men in it from the 80s and I was like well I've seen it many times but actually I think you'll find it's not the original actually the original I think no I like that and I I hate I hate people so it's like this is oh sounds like a delicious anecdote (laughs) I don't like to use the word delicious out of the context of food. Oh, uh, what? You like to use the word delicious? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, you I don't, don't like... hate it. Oh, okay. oh, oh. I was, I was in the theatre yesterday and the performances <laughs> were delicious. delicious. Although I have used it earlier today. Mm. I've never um, heard... I don't think I've ever heard anyone use that word in that context. My venue is delicious. Who does that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the sort of people that uh, you try and get out of those conversations <laughs> with as soon as possible. Um, uh, but yes, um, your uh, new film is delicious. Um, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It is, though. It it's is. truly delicious. So who, tell us about who were you in who's it? in it? Who's in it? Oh, yeah, we should do that. Sure. Uh, well, so, so you were in a movie that was made in 2019. Correct. When did you well, finish on it? Oh, no, it was made 2018. Mm. Where are we now? 2019. Yes. Yeah, we finished it in 2018. Um, and then, so it stars Anne Hathaway. Um, the Anne Hathaway. The Oscar winner Anne Hathaway yeah. and um, Rebel Wilson. Uh, two very funny ladies. And I play basically Anton Rogers' part, who's the French, oh, yeah. French uh, sort of policeman. He's a bit bent. Who's Anton Rogers? He plays the sort of corrupt. He's 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 the right hand. I'm basically Anne Hathaway's right hand woman. Yeah. yeah but who's Anton Rogers? Oh, who's Anton Rogers? Mate Fresh De- Fields. Mate of December. Mate of December. Yeah, right. That's what I thought. He was obviously yeah. uh, he played uh, the chief inspector mm-hmm. in Son of Pink Panther, starring Roberto Benigni. Did he? Uh, yes. <laughs> Of course he did, Anton Rogers. I just needed that little nudge over the hill to, to remember. But May to December. What, that was what a, a series. That was a great series. He yeah. was 70, she was 17. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful romance. 
Um, so, um, uh, yeah, so you're playing the Anton Rogers yeah, character. Yeah, so I do, I do a sort of... Yeah, because I, I auditioned for it and I didn't think it had gone that well. Sure. Um, and because I'm quite... Uh, I was like, no, I'm going to do a real... Because I, I did languages at university. Mm. So I pride myself on getting things right grammatically and accent-wise. So I did a very straight French accent. Uh, and I think that, looking back at the Anton Rogers, it's all very big. Yes. Uh, and I think generally when non, non-French people all do a French accent, it's all quite Inspector Clouseau. Um, and I, Hamburger! Uh, yeah. That was Steve Martin doing Inspector Clouseau. The was only it? funny bit in the whole film. Did Steve Martin do Inspector Clouseau as well? The Pink Panther. Hang on. Steve Martin did... I only remember the Peter Sellers ones. So... Well, not only did Peter Sellers was Peter Sellers not the only who was the other guy? It was Alan so he, Arkin. Mm, Alan Arkin. That I saw that on Netflix yesterday for the wow. first time. The Alan I Arkin. did not know. I didn't watch it, but I saw the trailer. I was like, oh my god, Alan Arkin was. Inspector Clouseau. Clouseau for one film. So who's there been? Clouseau, Martin, Steve Martin. Steve Martin did two uh, Pink Panther movies. Modern, recently. quite modern ones. Yeah. Like, like a few years ago. And there's a bit oh, when he can't say hamburger. He's going hamburger, and I went to see it in Watford, in a packed cinema. And no one laughed for the entire film. <laughs> and then he goes, Hamburger! And I laugh out loud. And, and I'm in, immediately embarrassed by the fact that I'm the only person who's laughed in this comedy. It was just like, oh. Do you, can I ask you a question? Do you find fart jokes funny? No. Do you find fart jokes funny? No. Oh, you don't? Are you not lying? No, I'm not lying. Good. Is he lying? I don't know. No, I find them I'm quite not funny. Lying. I do you find them funny. I yeah. actively removed them from Uncle because I was just like, we're better than this. That's the thing, because I. Feel like the people who laugh at comedy French accents are the same people that laugh at fart jokes, but you just no, disproved that not. theory. They're not. You're an, you're an anomaly. They're not. Mm. You're unique. Uh, special. I'm, I don't think I am unique. I think that's uh, just. Uh, the, I'm sure there is a Venn diagram of the crossover, but. But I, well, no, because I, I don't like fart jokes. I, I just don't. I'm half German. I don't like. For me, a body is a beautiful thing. It's all very natural. Why okay. are we laughing at bodily functions? I'm quite po faced about it. Oh really? I just pretend. That they I don't, don't like a cartoon fart thing. <laughs> I like a fart joke where it appears like someone shat themselves or something. Oh, the sharks. <laughs> I think oh, that's quite no. funny, yeah. but I quite like. I don't like a kind of um, raspberry kind of level fart right. joke. So but I quite like a sort. Of, I think there's a median of it that I find funny. You've got a scale. Yeah, there's a frequency. Yeah. Where I'm like, that's funny. I think that yeah, if it's just someone that's walking onto a screen farting, then that's not. But I think what uh, in order to appreciate it, there has to be a certain element of human tragedy. Mm. Absolutely. So. So yeah. the fact that there was real stakes uh, involved. If it's in, real, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a, there was a fart joke in Malcolm in the Middle where the mum bent over. I think they were having a family argument and the mum bent over and accidentally farted. And <laughs> then they all laugh, but she's humiliated. Yes. And you go, there was a human story there. Yes. How beautiful. Mm. The thing or I'm thinking of... It's a bit in Dumb and Dumber when he shits... Uh, when, he's, when, he's in yeah. the, when he's in the toilet and you go, this is amazing. I remember seeing a filmed insert on like a music... Might have been something like SNTV uh, or something. Uh, we just joined in the studio by Ingrid Oliver and we're discussing <laughs> fart jokes. <laughs> Our favourite fart jokes. If you've got any favourite <laughs> fart jokes, by all means, write in to. I've been a fan of hashtag. Well, I've got a fart like, for you. Yeah, considering <laughs> I hate them, well, I'm really talking about them a lot. I really yeah. hate acknowledging. Yeah, anyway. So I saw a filmed insert with the band McFly, and right. they're in like a limo or something, oh. chatting. 
and one of them farted, oh, and no. it just really made me laugh. No, 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 no. I don't even. I couldn't tell whether it was accidental or they knew that was happening. Well, and like bridesmaids, or like that scene in Bridesmaids where they all shit themselves. Like uh, they go to the wedding shop. Mm. You didn't find that funny? No. Oh, in I fact, it was funny. I did a really because it's not. Human, a, it wasn't objectively funny. There was human was, tragedy involved. No, it wasn't yes. human. Tra- it was played it was for shit jokes. Drama. I, I literally. The bit when she walks across the street no. and she collapses and shits herself, and you go, "She's just shattered." I think I sat there, I think I watched it on the, on the airplane, I sat there with my Spoiling arms crossed, that. shaking my head, sadly. Well, watching it in a plane isn't the best fucking environment to do it. I think it's the best. The only, the, uh, the only thing that I can relate to is that I was on a plane once, you know, if the, only, the closest a plane was like to a, like a cinema experience. Mm. So I was on a plane once and everyone was watching the Amy Winehouse documentary and no one was laughing. That's the closest a plane has been like to being in the I don't, don't think it was meant to be a comedy. <laughs> exactly. No one is laughing. Exactly. Oh, so good, that's the closest so. sort of cinematic reaction. You can't watch like a comedy that's been edited. They've I taken all the swearing out. I think watching films on planes, I will enjoy them 100% I more. don't give a fuck about anyone's holidays. They land and I say, what was the food like and what were the films on the plane? Yeah. And then they've done it and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I don't need to know anything more. Yeah. I will. Oh, hello. I'm professional. Oh, no. um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> uh, yeah, but when you say unprofessional, can you face the camera a bit more, please? We didn't quite get you. I just did a look it's down the It's always a bigger fish. There we go. Oh, it's a bigger fish. That's the nerdiest thing I've said. And of course, that's a direct quote from Qui-Gon Jinn from Fans of Menace. So, uh, carry on. I can't carry on. We, not after sorry, that. No, we, we were talking about uh, yeah, French, French accents before that. Well, the digression was, yes. I, so I played quite a straight French accent. And was that um, what was wanted? But I they're not like looking that. for a direct replacement of Herbert Lambert, are they? <laughs> what was his name? From, from, hang on. Anton, Anton Rogers. Rogers. Anton Rogers. Herbert Lom. Herbert Lom. Isn't it Lom? Herbert, Herbert Lom. Lom. Yeah, I agree. Lombert, like Lombert. Lombert. Like Lambert. Like Christophe. Lambert. Um... <laughs> I so yes, basically I wasn't doing Gordon Kay. I was doing more, you know, European, European indie wanted? cinema. Well, I think well, well, I, no, got the jo- I got, got the, the job. job. Yeah, mm. so I think it must, it must have been. I don't know if I they did they want it prob- when it by the time we finished with it. But um, I think they probably what what happens is people watch the original and they go in and then they try and replicate that maybe. If mm. it's already based on yeah. a pre-existing performance, sure. then I think what they probably were looking for is something different. Right. Well, and, they, and they got it. Is it because st- one of the things that confuse me about this right about this remake is that is it a straight gender swap of the original uh yes pretty much because mm. Mm, here we go come on well no I'm, 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 I'm up for watching it yeah I enjoyed the trailer yeah I'm gonna see it okay right I'm great. already on board great right I'm an audience member I'm a paying <laughs> customer I'll pay for it right <laughs> right um, but in these times right well, no, I suppose if people haven't seen the original, you, I mean, I'm just going to talk, talk specifically about the ending of the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I know well, where you're going. I know what you're, saying, what you're saying is that within the context of women, Me Too and like all that stuff. If it's like a gender reversal, I to know be kind of saying. like we need to get women more parts, that's great. But in the original, or in the remake of the original, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, it's all about how these two guys get played by a woman. Yeah. But so I think it is already kind of like, although it's... But what you're watching is two men on screen for two hours or sure, an hour and a half. Sure, sure. So, so, 
and the way we, and that Glenn was an Hedley, issue Glenn Headley's in it quite a lot mm. she's definitely the third lead yeah mm. from about halfway through I think uh, she's amazing in it but um, that she, was definitely uh, a question what happened with Glenn Headley I don't know she was good in everything she was good in uh, what, what else was she in she, she was, was in, in Dick Tracy Dick Tracy oh she my god yeah actually I didn't mm. oh she died did she she died recently though Oh. She died a couple of years ago. Oh no, how sad. She was brilliant. But she was but she had like a whole run in like the early nineties. Yeah, a couple of years ago, two thousand seventeen. Right. Oh. Well, that's so that's still I mean it's sad that she died. People die. Um but, but she but I mean, Dick Tracy was nineteen ninety. You can't like say, well, she made Dick Tracy. That was an absolute banger. Then what Dick happened? Tracy. She died twenty-seven years later. She did other stuff. She did loads of other stuff. I'm sure she did in that sure. in that gap. Um, but the the um, yeah no that we talked. I'm just saying that it was a cheap it was a cheap stunt to say she died when she died twenty-seven years after the <laughs> films that we're talking about. Tell you what, the scandal was eighty-eight. Fucking hell. I thought it was 87, don't Is it 88? I think is it 88? I think it's 88. Is it 88? So no. Oh, we'll go. Okay, we'll find out. So it's 88. Does it matter? 88. I said 88. I said 88. Yes. Making Mr. Right. Was that the one with fucking John Malkovich in it where she designs a, a, a robot, a sex robot? As with John Malkovich as a sex robot? Yeah, he's got a wig on. It's uh, Purple Rose of Cairo. See, that, that would have been a gender swap of uh, weird science. She didn't do much. Right? My mortal thoughts. No? It could be. See? Yeah, that would make sense. That would make, well, but then it would be like, instead you've got... It should be like a really sort of handsome man, though, shouldn't it? Well, maybe he was. I mean, he was handsome. Well, it, John Magritte with a wig on. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> oh, of course, she was in Sergeant Belko with uh, Steve Martin. Right. Yes, yes. The, you might be at this point thinking, fucking hell, By this show way, has no structure. No, no. And it's what I actually think is, you're like my boyfriend, who basically, when we're at dinner or anything, and then any kind of thing comes up that he needs check, fact-checking, is he's then on his phone for the rest of the meal. Uh, am I on my phone? Am I on my no, phone? you're on a computer. <laughs> that she's and I'm doing the same thing that I do with my... I'm staring at you, just hoping you're going to look up and catch my eye and interact uh, yeah. with me as a human being. Mortal thoughts, of course. Uh, uh, for the listeners, he's now looking away again Wondering and down at his computer. Mr. Holland's Opus, she's in. Oh, God. I used to think Mr. Holland's Opus was about a music teacher with a drug addiction, but I realised that I got the word Opus confused with yeah. opium. opium. Oh, yeah. Uh, but imagine Mr. Holland's Opium. <laughs> oh, with Dickie. Dickie Dee Dee. Dickie, Dickie Dreyfus. <laughs> we watch the making of Jaws and they're like, well, Richard. And then the next person's got an anecdote. Well, you know, Rick. Oh, Ricky. Oh, Dick. Dickie. Dickie, Dickie. Dickie, 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 Dickie. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's something that you've got to see to believe. So, we're going <laughs> to need to get a bigger boat. Uh, Do you know, I went, to, um, I went to university with Tom Shaw's... Sorry, that was the name of my friend. With um, Robert Shaw's son. Oh. oh, it was really tragic. Tom, no, no, I know, I know, I, yeah, but I, but it was because he didn't really know his dad that Bob, well. Bobby, you didn't know um, Bob because he died when my friend was quite young. But it's amazing that he's got all these films. All he's got of his dad is like the best films ever made. Yes, yeah, um, and that's what he knows of him. And from Russia with love, which is also, I mean, it's it's good. It's not the it's best. Not one, bad, though, it's it? not bad. It's not bad. Not Goldfinger. Doctor No, Doctor No. Doctor No is not great. Doctor No's great. I don't know what Doctor No's not great. I think From Russia with Love is good. It's got a good song. Oh, yeah, but uh, it was obviously uh, the second James Bond film, wasn't it? Yeah. Look, wait, and then it really came together with the third one, Goldfinger. So, uh, come on, guys. Come on, guys. That's, uh, That's a good Robert song. Robert Shaw was also in The Sting, wasn't he? 
he was in the Sting, which is also yes, the Sting Jaws and um, what was the what was the other one you said? Another one that we just uh, said. I can't remember. Anyway, Jaws. Oh, do, yeah, a Jaws one. From Russia yeah, with no, Jaws and the Sting, the Sting. Uh, which are two of the most phenomenal films. Uh, what else was? R- <laughs> <laughs> this, is not, this is not the point of the show to just get someone else to Google stuff for you, put it on a screen, and then you just go through there. Although, you know, this is a very fluid conversation where it's just gone from one thing to another thing. We're just listing stuff. I know. It's so good to have you in. Thank you. Eye contact. This is what I'm here for. Mm. <laughs> I, I Come on. Well, I mean, you're in a movie. Yeah. Uh, you've, is there something Doctor Who-ish happening? Is there something Doctor Who-ish happening? No. What, now? Didn't you? Right now? I saw on Twitter that you... Retweeted something. Oh, I know. I do that. That's the audiobooks. There, oh, there, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a whole company dedicated to uh, employing people who have been in Doctor Who, including doctors, and then they write these actually really good stories, audio stories. From their point of view? Uh, yeah, there, there's a whole different sets of them. There's like a Paul McGann's doctor or Sylvester McCoy's doctor and, and all the original sort of companions and stuff. Who is your doctor? My doctor, Peter Capaldi, was my doctor in the show. When you were show. growing up. When I was growing up, it was Peter <laughs> Davison. Yeah, my, me too. Was it? I met yeah. him recently. I thought you were saying your, your doctor growing up was Peter Capaldi, and I was going, come on. Yeah. No, you're fooling no one. He's only 12. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> my, um, how was that, um, meeting Peter? Well, it, was, it was brilliant. He was, uh, we were at a reading, uh, and I saw him, and I said, because uh, I'm named after his character from All Creatures Great and Small. Tristan. It's my middle name. Really? Uh, and uh, I and I went that. over to him and I said, oh, I'm named after uh, your your character, but also you are my doctor. But I said it within a shot of Peter Capaldi. <laughs> it was a bit like, oh, you're Malcolm Tucker. Oh my so. God, he really. I've been watching that again. I, in fact, I watched that. I've been watching all three series. Uh, well, there's four. But and up until last night, I got to the end of series three. It's incredible. It is really great. It's one of my favourite shows. Chris Addison directed The Hustle. And That's y- fan club. There we go. Did he now? Yeah, Chris Addison directed The, the Hustle. Yeah. I was just I've just moved house and. Um, oh, where um, have you moved to? Just down the road. Oh, nice. I used to be five minutes away from the studio, but now I'm ten. That's oh, awful. <laughs> difficult uh, to deal with. Um, <laughs> and have you been on time since? Uh, I haven't been on time once since. Uh, it really does have a knock-on effect. Ten minutes. Ten minutes up there. Uh, we should have thought about. Anyway, so I uh, was moving her and I, and I moved a book and behind the book was a little picture of a 22-year-old Chris Addison uh, that he had framed. Uh, I did, we did, we, so we did a TV series called Show and Tell. That was like one of my first bits of TV. Maybe it was my second thing that I'd done after Russell Howard. And we got um, framed pictures of Chris Addison as a gift because he was the host. And uh, it was just such a shock to see. He looks so young. He does. Well, he and still does. He still does look young, mm. doesn't yeah. he? But this, he's got absolutely, it's almost like uh, it's a soft focus lens. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like, Vaseline all over it. And uh, his face is so um, angelic. He do- Yeah, he's still, I mean, he's in his 40s now, but uh, he's not, he looks young. I hate him. Yeah, and he directed that. It's so this, beautiful this man. was a—he's such a lovely man. I mean, there's no question about it. I think because I'm just talking about aesthetics, just looks-wise. Oh, I, looks I mean, wise. I, haven't, I haven't, I haven't met him in a long time, but uh, but I, I couldn't judge his personality and how it's been warped by the Hollywood system. But <laughs> what I can say is that it looks-wise, he's a beautiful man. On Tinder, on a, on a, out of out of ten, what would you? On Tinder, out of ten, I would give him. Nine Tinders. Nine Tinders, bloody hell. That's pretty good. And you're right, that's right, yeah. Mm. He's, yes. um, he's, well, he was, because that was his first, he's done, he directed Veep, 
because uh, he did he did he directed the thick of it I think some episodes of that mm-hmm. and then he went on to Veep and so this was his first big feature film so it could, you know could be quite daunting but he's a very nice man and I think that you know when I don't know if you work with people who are just assholes and then oh, the yeah, whole thing is that normally you I think you're like yeah yeah <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's weird isn't it uh, yeah. never, never worked with, with any asshole never worked with a single cunt it's fine um, I, I think there's one on every project and yeah and it affects the whole thing <laughs> hang on thing it's usually just me and you doing this show <laughs> but uh, I've got bad news now <laughs> oh. it, I was going to say that I think oh. you very much no you don't you seem lovely you seem lovely um, I yeah, but he's and when when the director is a, a good person, then everyone is also trickles down. Yeah. Did it feel like he had a lot on his shoulders then? Were you aware of him? Was he very super professional? Because you'd think it must have been like, oh god, I'm doing well, that. I'm doing a Hollywood movie. I mean, yes, yes, definitely, because he, you know, he's the one that everyone that has to make decisions, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone goes to him and goes, well, what do you want? And you have to make a choice, but but also everyone working on it was doing was very good as well. So so they're at the top of their game. Oh yeah, exactly. And they all they all know that they know what film they're making, don't they? Listen, Nick, when you're working on an MGM studio film, wow, where is that? Where's what MGM? Where, where did you have to travel to? We um, were no, you no, filming no. in England, weren't you? Like, it was like Shepparton. Yeah, we were filming in England. Yeah, it was like Pinewood, Shepparton. There's a few places, mm-hmm. uh, but but yeah, you know the difference on the money on a film like that. And a film, and like you know, so filmed in oh the right. UK, but you've got proper dinners and oh things. Oh my god! Proper what's catering. The, what was the catering like? The, uh, the catering. Do you know, I can't remember. Yeah, you can. I didn't really eat what during it because like it's like on no carbs. But I did get a. Fa- I got a, as a as a welcome on my first day. I walked into my trailer and a I whole had salmon. I th- basically yes. What? I had a Fortnum and Mason's hamper, stuffed with the most amazing wines, cheeses, and fishes. And meets known to man. Oh, that's nice. And I, I was like, this is this is it. This is, I only ever want to work on jobs where I get for free stuff. Now, have a word with your agent. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll only do big right. Hollywood films from now where, on. Where I get free stuff. I yeah, do yeah. that. I do that. I always get free stuff. I got a stapler on the last one. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Popped in my pocket. Staples in it. Yes. What's well, still free? Isn't well, it? some some staples half 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 filled. That's well, alright. But um, yeah, the reluctant landlord will be missing that. <laughs> I I haven't seen that yet. I want to see it. No one's seen it. No, I want to. What are you? You're, you're not. Is Romesh, is Romesh the reluctant landlord? Yeah, he bloody. We had to drag him kicking and screaming <laughs> some days. Um, yes, no, he is. Yeah, he is. yeah, it's on Sky. Yeah, the most most people that you bump into say, I haven't seen it. I don't have Sky. And you go, oh yeah, it's great. Oh no, I do have Sky. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. Game of Thrones is uh, on again at the moment, isn't it? So, uh, got to rattle through that. <laughs> it's fine. Well, let's not do this. No. We, well, we can't. We can't because I've not watched it since series four. No, I've not uh, seen The Hustle, though, and we've managed to talk for 31 minutes. I'll tell you what. Here's something that I'm sure you'll confirm, and it's a theory I base. And it's something that's come up before on this. Anne Hathaway mm. always seems really lovely but seems to have a, like a reputation of people being like, oh, Anne Hathaway. And I don't understand it. She oh. seemed, I always think she's really good in everything. She Wasn't she great. married to Shakespeare at one point? <laughs> I had friends... I bet she gets that a lot. Do you know what? I had friends text me But if you were married her, to yeah. the most famous playwright of all time and you haven't aged a day, then fucking hell, you would get asked about it. <laughs> my, yeah, my friend Sophie. Do you know Sophie Black? My friend Sophie sent a text. She's like, ask her, ask her, ask her, ask her. I was like, I'm not going to ask her that. 
whether she's married to Shakespeare because she gets that, I think, all the time. <laughs> Does she? She Probably should have changed her name. Actually, from Americans, but um, oh, that was a bit me. That was like saying Americans don't know. I I didn't think about know. how Jane Seymour feels. She's been around a lot longer. Of course. <laughs> yeah, she's another. I very just want to talk about Doctor Quinn. She's another very beautiful woman, Jane Seymour. Don't you think? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Stunned. She was like. I oh yeah. She was the like wedding like, crashes. Oh, forget about it. Yes, please. <laughs> It's a great film. It's a great fucking movie. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Talking about Anne Hathaway's reputation. I love her. I she, so do I. I think I don't get it. She's a very nice lady. Yeah, she, she would between between takes. At one point, uh, she started singing Les Mis, and I love Les Mis. It's one of my favourite musicals. Not the I've film, seen it like obviously. five times. I've seen the play five times. Not the Anne Hathaway film, but uh, she, she won an Oscar for it. I stole a loaf of bread. Two, four, six, oh, Haven't one. we got that as a fucking thing? Which number is it? <laughs> fucking. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 bear with me. I mean, this is the show. This is the show. This is the show. This is the show. This is the Which is sort of ridiculous. Oh, it's not there. It's not there. It's oh, not please there. let it be. It's here. It's here. That's applause for uh, live for the live audience that's here. <laughs> Talking about applause. WTF. 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 Oh. And when we edit this show, I this will just. There we go. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> Who, who's singing that? That's me. Is it? Yeah. There's oh. a loaf of bread. What I love most about that performance is uh, how seriously Hugh Jackman is taking that <laughs> one line. I mean, I know there's a lot of... I mean, it does the heavy lifting. It, it, it sets up the whole premise I mean, of the thing. You, but like... you really do believe that he did steal a load of bread. But you, basically, Hugh Jackman is channel, channeling the fact that he's not allowed carbs. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going, <laughs> That's why he's so sad about it. I'm going to uh, LA next week for the premiere of the hustle, and yeah. I haven't eaten carbs. I didn't. I, I was like, I got three weeks. I this. I need to be drastic now. I'm going to cut out all sugar, bread, alcohol. How's that going? Uh, I cut it out for a week religiously. I ate vegetables and protein. I put on four pounds. Yeah, but that'd be muscle. Will it? <laughs> That's either what way, they say, either it? way, I was like, the muscle. This. I'm back on. I'm. I mean, yeah. Fuck it. Life's too short. Yeah. So it's not like I'm, and I can't like halve my size in a, in a in a in two weeks. So nah. what's the point? I had a little mm. cream egg uh, last oh, night. Course so. Of course you did. A little of what you fancy does you good. Is what I've always. Do you like on. a cream egg? Oh, I love a cream egg. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely delicious. Yeah. You won't have them, will you? He doesn't like any eggs, even chocolate eggs. He's frightened of them. I'm not frightened of them. It's frightened. Of them. I'm not frightened of them. That's. <laughs> Quite, you sound quite defensive, I'll be honest. Well, I'm not frightened. I don't know where the frightened thing comes from. I find that a bit too what, is it, what is it about eggs you don't like? Uh, you sort of freak out if you talk about eggs. Whenever anything smells bad, uh, it's uh, you go, fucking hell. And then some, someone's, <laughs> someone's farted and you go, it's oh, funny. that smells like uh, that, that dinner that uh, you're eating, doesn't it? There's sulfur, nothing, sulfur. Yeah, it's nothing like great that, uh, you know... Sometimes uh, someone will be cooking eggs and then you walk in and you go, somebody <laughs> farted. And you go, why would anybody want but to... My, bro my brother was telling me, you know, uh, Oprah Winfrey did that thing where she gave all her audience a car. Yeah. And she did that thing, look under your seats, they've all got car keys. It's like, you've got a car, you've got a car. Last week over Easter on uh, The Right Stuff with Jeremy Vine on Channel 5, they've got an audience of maybe like 15 people that watch The Right Stuff. <laughs> And on Good Friday, they said, guys, look under your chair. And they looked under the chair. And if I go, 
you've got an Easter egg. You've got an egg. You've got an egg. Then they went, but actually you haven't all got an Easter egg. <laughs> Some of you have got an Easter egg, but not... Channel 5. Not everyone. Channel 5, in it. That's what, what can you expect? Oh, I love the right... Well, it, no, it's not the right stuff, is it? It's still the right stuff, I think, but with Jeremy Vine. Is it? I wonder if it still has a W. I don't think it is the right stuff. Is it not? I don't know. I could be actually. I could be the Vine that. stuff. It's oh, gone I'm now. I'm finding this as a very um, difficult episode to to get my head around because we've. So imagine what, how Ingrid what's, feels. What's Rebel Wilson like? What's Rebel Wilson like? She's very funny. And, uh, Anna Hathaway's nice. Yeah. Officially, you heard it here first. What do you, what do you want to say? I, I want you to say they that they both went to strip clubs. And I always love it when you get a car. Yeah. And you get in. And they say, oh, I was driving that Ellen Mirren the other week. And you go, oh, what was she like? She goes, lovely. And you go, yes. Mm. Yeah, you have like those nice stories. Yeah, there you go. Well, they're not stories. great stories, but they're <laughs> nice. That's a terrible story, because uh, yeah, yeah. that's not going to get you to Croydon and back. Have what you, you need is you go, oh, she was a right fucking cunt. Fucking hell, he never gets up. I mean, the stories I heard about some people. Have you ever sat in a car and, and the driver's really, like, properly gone into detail about s- s- another, another actor's behaviour? Yeah. And I always think, I was, I mean, I, I, a, obviously I love it, but also I'm like, oh, I don't think you should be telling me that well you just worry about what they're going to say about you but it's normally the ones when they go oh she was she she was lovely she was a bit of a cold fish uh, throughout the journey but uh, but then at the end of the job she got me a £3,000 watch and you go well you'll be getting none of that from me (laughs) Uh, I can see where you're going with this but you'll be getting none of that from me um yeah, you do think that, but then you also just... The one that I really hate is, oh, we had that comedian in the other day. Uh, uh, oh, he was a funny guy. He was really funny. <laughs> he was funny. No, nah, no, nah, I mean, he was just effortlessly funny. <laughs> and then you're just there going, oh, just take me to the fucking set, mate. <laughs> do you tend to have the same drivers every day? You uh, can do, yeah. Okay. Depends what job you're on. Yeah, you can uh, do. I'm mainly getting Ubers on Reluctant uh, <laughs> Nod. <laughs> so introduce your song. Oh, 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 we're yeah. going straight into it. Right, okay. So this song, how much do you want? Can I give a bit of backstory? Yes, please. So the song uh, is uh, by New Kids on the Block. NKODB. Thank you. Yeah. And um, it's one of their less well-known ones. But actually, within the song, it encapsulates their entire journey as a band, uh, the experience of me as a, as a fan. Um, please enjoy. Subhuman scum. So um, let's uh, go back to. I enjoyed that, by the way. Oh, that's really great. Nick is on the block. Uh, it wasn't wasn't mad in the production, but it was. You're right. It starts off quite sort of Spanishy, yeah, and then goes very Beatlesy. Bit Beatles-y it's, yeah. it's a bit like they uh, reference their own songs. It's, it's a bit like they said, we're coming to the end of our career. Uh, let's clear out our desks. <laughs> oh, we've got these fragments of about ten songs. Let's put them together in one. Loved it. And <laughs> and, and genius was born. Yeah. The well, right stuff is I'm just called Jeremy it. Vine now. Sorry, it is just called. Cool. Yeah, I thought it cool. was. Yeah, yeah. I used to love the right stuff. Anyway, so you're a big fan. Uh, are we going to do the actual show that we've said that we were going to do? I'd like to. 
Oh, yeah. So what are you a fan of, Ingrid? <laughs> Thanks for asking, Nick. This is, do you want you to know? I want you to know, you're a fan club first. You're the first person <laughs> that we've ever asked what they're a fan of on the show. That's, that can't be true. We never get to it. Really? Oh, I feel that's not a good thing. It I feel like we've thing. run out of it, natural we conversation. We haven't run out of natural conversation. Okay. The conversation we were having was so confusing to me <laughs> that I, I just, normally I like to tie up all the threads, but I just think we'll abandon that. I, I, yeah, I'm just going to go straight into it then, uh, without further ado. Um, my, my, I'm a fan you. of. <laughs> Is this the French accent you're doing for the? With, I was say, without further adieu. Adieu, adieu. to you and you and adieu. you. Could you get us into a film? Could just make I that happen. <laughs> doubt it. Okay. Um, it's worth asking. <laughs> um, I don't have that sort of power. Um, I, my, my fan club. Am I my thing? Yes. Uh, okay. Detectives. There we go. You just like detectives Fictional detectives. Fictional detectives. We're talking television. Not really film ones so much. Television series. Okay. Uh, and, and books. Uh, I, I grew up very young uh, oh. reading Agatha Christie, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, that, was, that was my first. Yeah. Hardy Boys. Yeah. A uh, lot of that. And then I went into Columbo, your Magnum P.I. Oh, yeah. Um, Ironside. Yeah. And now anything like that. Yeah. I, I consume it. So, yeah. who would you? Who did you watch the Joan Hicks and Miss Marples? Do you remember those? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, they were great. But are you more into the American detectives then? U.S. detectives. I like a Scandinavian detective. Oh, oh all different. They're all different. I prefer Scandinavian slash British because I will again, and I've watched probably most episodes of Midsummer Murders, Death in Paradise. Shakespeare and Hathaway. Have you ever done a Midsummer Murders? No, Shakespeare and Hathaway. Shakespeare and Hathaway. Is she in it? <laughs> is she in a lunchtime BBC <laughs> uh, detective series sadly no she's not well, she may have filmed it hoping that it would be like on in the evening and then they <laughs> they'll do that the B won't they they'll tell you one thing and they'll bloody put it and out another they, slot they, they bumped it they bumped it. Um, it I mean it happens to the best from Chris Barry Prince Among Men that, that very much started <laughs> on a Thursday 9 o'clock slot and by the second week it was on uh, Sunday lunchtime is that true Prince Among Men yeah, it did, I think. Oh, Moved okay. it around. Moved it around. Gary oh. Prince playing oh. a footballer. Gary Prince. Is that his name? Um, well, that's, but that's, no, that isn't with Mark Benton and Joe, jo, I can't even say it. Joe Joyner. Jo, yeah, jo, I've jo, just jo, worked no, with her. Joe Joyner. She's lovely. Well, I don't know. I've never met her, but I. Um, heard to be honest, she'd been on set for three days before I'd got there. So when I got there, I was very much, uh, who the fuck is this? No, she fair. was to me. Fair enough. I was very delighted because <laughs> I'd obviously seen her picture on uh, the wall in the makeup truck for you know, six, six weeks. Was this an episode of Shakespeare and Hathaway? No. Oh. Would it, you could do a 17th well, century detective show. That'd be good. Like an Elizabethan like detective. Cad, Cadfile. Yes. Do you remember Cadfile with Derek Jacobi? Yeah. Cadfile. The, the, yeah. yeah. Say it with me. Cadfile. Cadfile. Yeah, not Cadfile. Sorry, Nick. Cadfile. Sorry. The kid out of Uncle. He kept like going, uh, oh, I'm going to go to a stag do. A stag do. <laughs> and we were like saying, it's stag do. Because I said how I want to say it. But also, you're he's saying it very wrong. young to be going to any kind of stag do. That's true. Isn't he? Yeah, he's he knows he's getting married. I said stand up weirdly the other day. Stand, stand up. up. I said stand up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, oh my God, it has been a while. <laughs> Fucking hell. I had the first gig back on Thursday. Oh, really? So, <clears throat> yeah. What, you've had it or you're doing it? Doing it. Oh, tomorrow. Where are you doing it? Uh, always be comedy, which is a nice room. But that means when it goes badly, you know. <laughs> oh, the audience won't protect you. Um, so, detective, have you ever done drunk women solving crimes? No. Oh, you should do that. I've heard of it. I've seen it. Uh, I, I know. That I know. Like exactly I know. I know the women that do, do it. You? I'll put in a good word for you. Will you though? Yeah. But because I'm a big fan of yours. 
Thanks, mate. Sorry. That's why we had you on. Me too. Sorry. Did that seem yeah, like a, right. Was I that looked, what you were waiting? Sorry. I looked at you directly, waiting for the. No, it's fine. It's fine. It didn't come immediately. So it's fine. But um, big fan. I, 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 last year, I sort of, you know, that thing about you were supposed to like put things out in the universe. I did. I've never done that. But cosmic people, I had a friend who wanted a husband, and Noel she put it out in the universe. And a month later, she met her husband and okay. Noel Edmonds. Which did you marry, Noel Edmonds? <laughs> I actually know a story about that, but I'm not going to do that one here. Oh, we can. Right. Um, no. We've already, oh, we've you know already we've nearly had Noel Edmonds sue us. But, the, but I, I had never played a, a, de- a detective, and I'd all, I've always wanted to play a detective. So I uh, put it out into the universe, and this year I have played three. Oh, really? Isn't that weird? It is. That's not weird, is it? That's you basically at begging to be a detective and then they've given it. But to I you. didn't ask anyone. You just said what? I just in the universe. You tweeted it. No, I know. I put it out there with my vibes. In the hustle, you're a detective. Are you? Detective in the hustle. I did a silent witness. Okay. Great, proper cop. Uh, in a, I had a trench coat and everything. And then, oh, wow. um, I'm, then I'm doing a film at the end of the year where I play a policewoman. So it's not quite a detective, but it is also in the mm. law enforcement. I area. tell you what, I think you're a shoe in for a midsummer murders. Do you think? I think you're an absolute shoe in for a midsummer murders. Oh, come on. Seems mad that you haven't been in one. Do what, what does a shoe in mean? Like means guaranteed. You've got one foot in the door. You, you're in, you're you've in got there. a shoe in. In. Oh yes, yeah. that's what that yeah. means. I think yeah. so. Yeah, brilliant. I think so. I did have an audition for uh, Lewis once, and I remember sitting in the uh, you know spotlight. Uh, there's that, like spotlight, casting, spotlight, yeah, next whatever. to the Prince Charles Cinema. Yeah, and I sat in the waiting room, in waiting for near um, Chinatown. <laughs> Uh, for those people who don't live in London, which is they don't live in London. Lot. We have American viewers. Hi, John. Viewers. Viewers. Listeners. Oh my God. Viewers. Can people see? They can watch us. They can on, on, the, on the um, webcam. <gasps> That's food bar. It's fucked up beyond all recognition. <laughs> Do you know what? I only learned what that meant recently. It was in something. What was that? Probably our radio show. And you're listening to our shows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was that. Um, now I had an audition for for, the, for Lewis, which I love. It's a, it's a very classy detective one. Sure. And uh, as I as I was waiting to go in, the the door opened of the room where the casting was happening, and I heard the producer say to the casting director, "Sorry, who the fuck is this? I've literally never heard of him in my life." Oh my goodness! And the casting director saw me sitting. She could see because the door was open. She saw me sitting there. She's like, <laughs> and she saw me see her. And we all Why would we you smiled. Ever say that, and she's like, would you want to come in? And I ca- I came in, and we had to pretend that I hadn't just heard him say, "I don't have a fucking clue." This but is. But that also suggests it. that everyone in Lewis is a movie star or something. Right? It's not was like that everyone. For Lewis? It was, huh? That was an audition for Lewis a, couple, a few years ago. Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, that's oh. right. That's probably, I always imagine that's what people say every time I walk into a casting. Have they've just said that? Who, who the fuck is this person? That's someone who's that's someone who's got problems, isn't that? They, they, they're not happy in themselves, Thank are they? Thank you for being supportive. Thank yeah. you. It's a shoe in. It's a shoe in. Shoe in. Add you. Do you know anyone that's done that uh, Death in Paradise one? Because you get to go out to Caribbean Island for. Mm. Like, have you done it? No. Oh. Do you know which one I mean? Yes. Death in Paradise, which I love. I've seen every episode. Yeah. That's every time. One, it though. always seems to have a different lead, doesn't it? Does it, it does. They've had three <laughs> so far. Yeah. I think. Why are you being so weird yeah. about it? Nothing. I feel like there's a story there. Oh, I know. I bet I know what the story is. I think I might know what the story is as well. Were, you, were you lined up? Were you in talks to be the main detective? Just nod while well, we're on camera. So <laughs> hold up three fingers for yes. I've just been, had my, uh, uh, had the confirmation that I have not got the lead in Death in Paradise. <laughs> oh, no, really? Oh, no, I'm sorry. But you were close, it sounds like then. Um, I don't know how many people they were seeing. I don't imagine it was many people mm. because, mm. but I went in, did the audition. It's the only audition I've ever done. So you're talking about having a bad audition. 
It's the only audition I've ever done that I've walked away from not feeling uh, 100% humiliated and ashamed of myself. <laughs> and I went in and I actually uh, really enjoyed it and I thought I did quite well. So um, a lot of the time when you think you've done well in an audition, you haven't. <laughs> and a lot of the time when you think you've done badly in an audition, you haven't. And uh, so it's impossible to tell. It's like yeah. exams, isn't it? Yeah. You do your exam, you hand it in, and then there's no point in worrying about it because you can't change it. Um, yeah, so I just found out that I haven't got Oh, I'm sorry. But it's I all think right. I was meant to take over from Ardlo Hannah. But then the thing is, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but it would have meant cancelling Edinburgh. Yeah. And um, I didn't want to. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to doing Edinburgh. I'm doing two shows in Edinburgh and I'm doing stand-up again. So that's what I'm excited so about. So didn't want it anyway? No, no, I didn't want it anyway. I think, it, do you know what, though? If it was a guest part, mm. I'd, I, I'd absolutely love it. But it was, it's like a three-year commitment. Is it really? Well, I was quite annoyed. That, well, not annoyed, but I, I, I'd heard they were looking for a new... And I was like, can they not be a woman now? And I don't mm. mean to make everything about I women. think you'd be great. But I, but Well, that's basically what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. I saw Why her. was I not seen for it? I saw Ben Miller once and I said to him, you were my death in paradise. <laughs> but then Ardlo Hanlon was behind me. And he, <laughs> I, was, I thought, oh no. Very, Embarrassing. Very good. Yeah, no, it's... Um, it's <laughs> good, well, good luck to whoever. Good luck to whoever gets it. And But I remember, th- I thought, no, the BBC, they can't have a, do- a female doctor and a female doctor death, death in paradise. paradise. That'd be too much. That'd be PC gone mm. bloody mad. Why do they keep moving on so much on <laughs> death in paradise? Well, it's a big commitment. It'd be D.I. Says, Di Di gone mad, not not P P C. Very. Yes, this is a great episode. Uh, because uh, because Beth in Paradise. Stick it in the best of Natalie. <laughs> Mark it up for the best of now. Beth in Beth in Paradise. Beth in Paradise. Beth in Paradise. That's what they call it if it became a, a female detective. Yeah. It's one of those uh, lovely. Oh yes, yes. Beth in Paradise. Yeah. She'd be called Beth. She'd have to be. Yeah. Yes. I've got an idea for a uh, TV series about a tiny woman who goes around uh, solving uh, crimes and shooting shit up and it's called Susie 9mm yeah it's quite good she's I like tiny. it yes. she's tiny she's 10mm tall this is good with this heels is a good episode. and then and then without heels she's 8mm tall <laughs> she's called Susie 9mm is, is that because of Uzi is like an Uzi yeah, yeah that's right okay thanks uh, the, t- the name came first and then <laughs> came up with this yeah uh, the, the backstory. She was um, walking behind a male scientist uh, who was messing around with toxic rays, and uh, he was being a Billy Bellend, and yeah, and uh, she got shrunk down to the size of a pin. She played the game. <laughs> Playing a game now, Ingrid. Oh, it's my game. You have to say, I'm going to give you a name. You have to say the next person on the list is better or worse than the person before, based entirely on my own opinion. Starting with Scarlett Johansson. Is Benny Hill better or worse, worse. than Scarlett Johansson? Worse. He is worse. He They're is both worse. high cards. They're high oh, cards. Based on your opinion? Yeah. Oh, fine. That's right. You got it right. Both Tilda high Swinton. Cards. High cards. Better or worse than Benny Hill? Tilda Swinton. Better. Better, yeah, yeah. better than Benny Hill. Natalie but again, Portman. a high card. I'm, I'm saying that Benny Hill is a high. It's a high card. card. I like, uh, you know, <laughs> I like, uh, you know, he's in the Italian no. job. He was. Natalie he was Portman. in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He was. He was in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He, he was a, he was problematic. Let's be honest. Benny Hill. Yeah. But uh, he wasn't the child catcher. <laughs> is Natalie Portman better or worse than Tilda Swinton? 
Oh, Natalie Portman. I'd say worse. Oh, she is worse. Yeah. Was Benny Hill in uh, the new Avengers movie? <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, uh, Natalie Portman is better or worse than Tilda she's Swinton? Worse. Worse. Oh, I don't know. It's the high cards. Uh, Love Marissa. Natalie Portman. I did these last night, so it is people. Carry on. Marissa Tomei, is she better or worse than Natalie Portman? <sighs> Marissa Tomei. Than, than Natalie Portman? Uh, worse. Oh, better. 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 She is better. Yes. better. James Coburn. Ooh. Better or worse than Marissa Tomei? Better. better. He is better. Of course he is. The actor Charles Bronson. Better or worse than James Coburn? Worse. worse. He is worse. I mean, Charles Bronson, the violent prisoner. Is he better or worse than Charles Bronson, the actor? Worse. Better. He's worse. worse. He's worse. worse. Nick. Is, is Leslie Grantham better or worse than Charles Bronson, the violent prisoner? Worse. He is worse because he is an actual murderer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas Charles Bronson hasn't actually murdered anyone. He's just violent. Oh, my God. Is that true? Leslie Grantham Tom, Tom murdered Hardy. someone. Yeah. <laughs> Tom In real Hardy. Life. What, the actor? Murdered someone. Tom Hardy. What? Well, yes. I'm wearing stuff on the internet. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> fucking hell. The murder's bad. What was the, what was the worst oh, thing you did, though? <laughs> did you just paint me down? <laughs> no, no I'm, I don't like to hear a single bad word against Leslie. <laughs> Tom Hardy, who played Charles Brunson, is he better or worse than Leslie Grant? Better. 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 I think you might have got ten. Is that a ten? It's a oh ten! My God! You got yes! a ten! You got a ten! Oh wow, you're a ten! You that are, means that is fucking hell, you're a ten. That means that you're as good as John Niven and Sean Harris with ten, but you and you're better than Daniel Cook, Daniel Lawrence Taylor, Michael Leg, Solomon Gray, Rebecca Staten with nine, Claudie Blakely, Jordan Brooks, Suze Kempner, Evelyn Mott, Paul F. Taylor, Rebecca Schroes, Mark Smith, and Carl Theobald with eight. Hayley Campbell, uh, Brett Goldstein, Tom Goodman Hill, Charlie Higson, Matthew Holness, Jim Hoskin, Laura Lex, Hester Smith, Ian Smith, Elliot Speller, Gillett, uh, Josh Whittacombe, Sean McLaughlin with seven. Drunk Women Solving Crime, Taylor Glenn and Anna George, Matt Hyson, Colin Holt, Andy Kindler, Merritt Lowe, Lucy Porter, John Robbins, Richard Sandling, Mark Simmons, David Trent with six. Yasmin Akram, <laughs> Rob Deering, Tom and Glenn Wool, Joey Page with five. Jack Barry, Bunny Galore, Taylor Glenn and Kate who workers with four and Sam Ashurst with two. Is it... Three. Sam Ashurst with two. Uh, we, we, there was a bit of controversy, and they wanted us to look into the Sam Ashurst score. Uh, some people are saying there's no way Sam Ashurst got three, and you're quite right, he didn't. We've looked into it. Our boffins have been around the clock, and it turns out that Sam Ashurst got a bloody two. There's an actual natural barrier between Sam Ashurst's score, no one's got three, and four. <laughs> with Jack Barry, Bunny Glory, ten. 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 You're not We're eating sugar, sick, but man. I got us all We're a sour sick. pop. Yes. That's Oh, that's all right. I'll have it for when I can eat sugar. Very pleased. No, we were meant to eat them on the radio, but we've missed oh. the opportunity. I'll save it for another guest, okay. a better guest, one that's eating sugar. So complete the title of the 2000... Oh, my God! Look at the, look at the chest of this! Complete the title of a 2015 movie, Avengers Age of... Ultron. Is it Time? Oh. Ultra? Oh, no. Revenge or... I can't think of another name. It was called The Age Ultron. of Time. Ultron, <laughs> I forgot there was multiple choice. Yeah, Ultron. Ultron. There we go. Matter. You don't have to remember. Um, it's been wonderful having you in. Thank you. Thank you. Very Thank good. You very much. Uh, nice so The Hustle you. comes out when? May 10th. May 10th? Uh, what what day is it now? It's the first May the of May. First of May. No, it's not because it's, it's on Friday. It's the third of May. It's the third of May. It's the third of May. Yes, today is Friday, the third of May. So it's not going out like. Right, we've got right to the final hurdle and you absolutely fucked us. Can we start again? Should we start again? It's midday. Let's start again at midday. Trouble is, the, yeah, the editing software's gone down, so we're going to have to re-record the whole two-hour show again yeah. from scratch. I've got nothing else to do. Um, <laughs> here's a little treat for you. Uh, this is 
uh, so we're, we're going to finish the show now with uh, our favourite song. It's David Essex's Ghostbusters. Oh, this is good. Yeah, I think I've been slammed. You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to FUBARradio.com.